The lowest point of the Ninja Turtles, a boat trip for the ages, and Norman Bates begins this week on 302010. Hello everybody and welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you on a little journey across the decades, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. We're recording from this week, March 17th to the 23rd, in three decades, 1993, 2003, and 2013. We'll tell you what all the cool pop culture anniversaries and milestones of the 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? That's the show. Tell a friend. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm here to talk about ass weasels. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm J.R. Rawls, the world's foremost symbolologist. Not a real job. Uh, I, as a scientician, I can confirm that. Uh, this is a great week for me in that it is... I don't know that we've had this many just horrible, horrible movies in a row. It is also little Chrissy's birthday during this week. Aww. And um, that, so sometimes those come with memories of movie theaters and television shows, especially when you have no friends. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, once again, thanks. Speaking of friends, thanks to pat our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Extra stuff there always. Uh, thank you so much. Throw us five bucks if you're not going to tell a friend about the show. Do something for us. We do a lot for you. Uh, okay. You know how many awful, awful movies we watched this week. Yeah, man. Some this of this week alone. <laughs> oh, this week is all timers. I really, really want to get into, especially in 2003, two of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Head to head, baby. <laughs> it was a real shitty double feature. Okay, okay. Uh, well, welcome to 302010. Um, this is going to be a fun episode, I assure you that. Because there's some good stuff in here as, as well. I think JR might go to bat for something I have no experience with. Just couldn't stand to look at. Uh, can't wait to talk about it. Welcome to the show, 302010, March 17th through the 23rd. We'll start, as we always do, in 1993. And uh, I, I had, I was, uh, at the last minute, I was trying to look for news. I saw this week that George Michael had broken a three-year interview silence and finally gave an interview out. I, I was too young to remember anything about that, but also, like, I think that's why, given my age, George Michael always felt like an 80s personality because I didn't, now I realize I didn't see him in the 90s when I started to really pay attention to music. I'm becoming a teenager. He co he totally disappeared. And I just, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I uh, George Michael will always be an 80s musician to me because of my cousin. She Jesus Christ, did she love the shit. All of her dogs were named after George Michael songs. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Give me your freedom 90. Yeah. <laughs> Faith. Uh, and yes, anyway... And, but real news that we could solidify, Andre the Giant is inducted to the inaugural WWE Hall of Fame, as it is announced this year, and he is indicted, uh, inducted posthumously, and there's no ceremony that takes place, unlike nowadays, where WrestleMania is a three-day, Jesus Christ, multi-thousand-dollar trip package and streaming event where we can see it all in all its unvarnished glory. God, it's been awkward. Do you think they started the Hall of Fame because Andre the Giant died and everyone felt so terrible and they're like, we should do something for that guy? I th yeah. I think so. And, and, and it was also, um, he's the one person who straddles the line of the business before TV and after TV. Mm. He's and he, and Hulk Hogan was popular, sold a lot of merch 
Andre the Giant was still a household name to people who had never saw a frame of wrestling. And sure. and if, if you've seen yeah. that documentary, uh, that fantastic uh, Bill Simmons produced documentary, Vince McMahon he cries talking about him because of like how much of their business, his father's business that he then took over was completely built by Andre the Giant. And Yeah, I watched that documentary as prep for this and huge recommend. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just fascinating story after fascinating story this clip of his drinking story was not in that documentary but oh there's boy. so many amazing stories about his drinking yeah yeah so we get through the show and he's like beer <laughs> okay he talks he walks he, you know so i stop and get him beer i'm like i'm gonna get a six pack my damn self there andre and he goes two cases it's an 85 mile trip um yeah two cases i'm like fuck Two cases. I guess he wants some for his room, right? So we get back in the van. We start driving. But so after, you know, 30 miles, I pull, hey, Andre, sorry, I got pissed. You know, I get out of the piss. Get back in the van. You don't, no, nothing. Yeah. Okay, take it easy. He's fucking, I hear, I hear the pop tops keep pop, pop, pop. I'm like, he's fucking with me. He's fucking with me. <laughs> it's a, uh, no, no, you missed the best part. Oh, sorry. It's, it's that after drinking 86 beers, <laughs> you didn't have to pee. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, but... I mean, drinking 86 beers is amazing. Doing it and not having to pee, it's like you are not immortal. You are an immortal being come to this. But that's, that's also part oh of God. the inherent tragedy of Andre. One, he, he had to drink. He drank a lot because he was big, but he also had to drink a lot because he was in pain and, you know, found it hard to get through the day and was beating himself up at night. And then, like, they. That documentary is so great because it's one of the first wrestling documentaries not made by WWE, which has to like maintain kayfabe and toe a company line is filled with lies and j just like intentional fiction. This was like none of that. And the under the giant stories are so fascinating. Yes, the drinking, how he, he could pass out in hotel lobbies, and there's like nobody who can lift him, so they just run a throw a blanket over him. But also like, just imagine putting a velvet ropes around it, which is like. <laughs> The tragic off limits now. Beyond just being a wrestler, being that big and life was tough for him. And one of my favorite terrible anecdotes in that documentary is like, yeah, you know, Andre traveled internationally a lot. Um, he had trouble with regular toilets and could not use airplane toilets. So if he had to go, they would pull a curtain around him and he'd just go. Because mm -hmm taking dumps in hotel bathtubs at the toilet was too small. I never get tired of Andre the Giant stories. There's a great, there's even a great graphic novel about some of these stories uh, by Box Brown. I forget what the title is, but you can find it uh, anywhere you buy books. Uh, let's get into the movies. Ugh, I'll never be able to talk about Andre the Giant again. I think he has one posthumous kid movie release. Uh, mm -hmm. 1993 movies. Um, first up... Oh boy, the music of chance with James Spader, Mandy Patinkin, Charles Zerning, and Joel Gray. With a name like that, you think it's going to be pretty sappy, and yeah. it is not. It is a con man movie, kinda, where James Spader is a gambler and Mandy Patinkin's kind of like a yuppie who stakes him and he loses to some fancy rich guys who are like, Oh, well, you want to pay this off? You have to basically be my slave now on my property. And they have to build a wall out of stones. Because he's my and, butler. <laughs> and then they have to try to escape and it doesn't go well. And reviews are fantastic. Mm. Like, I've never heard of this. I don't know motives to the people behind the scenes on this. But it's like, I think Ebert called it like one of those movies that 
obviously has like some sort of message but it's really left up to you to figure it out so it's the kind of movie you watch and then want to discuss with people mm. and i love that i love that oh. well, why the fuck didn't i watch that and so some of this other stuff god damn it Yo. um and, uh, well, I want to see where Diana stands on the next movie, Harvey Keitel, mm-hmm. Anne Bancroft, Dermot Mulrooney, Gabriel Byrne, Bridget Fonda in Point of No Return. She was trained by the government to be an assassin. That was my last job. I'm through. I'm out. Now, the government is going to assassinate her. There is no truth. There is no out. Bridget Fonda. Let me go. It's out of my hands. Point of no return. Rated R. Woo! Point of no return. Um, Point of no return. The La Femme Nikita American remake. Three years after the original. Uh, three years. Yeah. Yeah. There is no reason to watch this film as long as La Femme Nikita exists. Um, I have this cover burned into yeah. my brain from yeah. seeing it in vhs stores mm-hmm. i mean you know do you want to watch a hot girl in sexy black dresses shoot a magnum 45 okay yeah. here you go and what just this is the film all i want to shake because this movie is actually not bad at all no, it's not it's bad. just unnecessary it's just unnecessary yeah, and, it's completely unnecessary but by but, itself if you didn't know la femme nikita existed yeah. or you lived in a world where you couldn't get foreign things on vhs then yeah, it's pretty good. It's got a solid director. Everyone's good in it. But the, my big complaint here is this fucking title. Like, I get it, but La Femme Nikita is such a cool title, whether I know what it means or not. It's you could call an anime that tomorrow, and people will stream it. And I, I think that's 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 another thing. Like, just thinking about um, fucking remake, like remakes of recent foreign films. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're all reading about. The internet exists. We're reading about film more than ever, but there's so many streaming options. Did streaming, I feel like streaming should have mildly ruined remaking movies uh, yes. this quickly. Mm. That would be nice. Because like, imagine there's some, still a significant amount of people who do not want to watch a foreign movie period. I can see that. But like the hype cycle has gelled with like the the physical distribution method of of getting foreign stuff out there used to be really hard and difficult. And now if Twitter's talking about something, Netflix, Hulu, they'll buy that shit up. And uh, like, like RRR, a streaming phenomenon. And I would be upset if somebody remade that instead of watching the subtitled version. Watch the dub version. What are you doing? But yeah, this movie is not bad, but given all the La Femme Nikita content out there, it's the least essential. Yeah, it's... It's fine. I think the most fun thing about it is how it ties into Pulp Fiction. How's that? Harvey Keitel is the cleaner. Oh, what? I don't remember that at all. Practically the same part that he plays in Pulp Fiction. He's the guy that you bring in to dispose of the bodies and fix the crime scene. And I kind of laughed two years from now when Pulp Fiction comes out. They're like, yeah, we got to bring in the wolf. I'm like, I grew a mustache, but he's just doing the same thing. And the same thing is, hey, Clean up that blood. Advice, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harvey. Thanks. Yeah, he's just not rolling with Julia Sweeney for some reason in this one. Um, yep. Okay, so you'd think well, it's, under, fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's a light recommend, honestly. Totally. Yeah, totally. It's just like if you're gonna go out of your way to watch a 30 year old movie, 
watch the original. Go watch this yeah. one. It's a great like rainy day cable movie, but like it's too old now to play there either. So I, I don't see it. I don't know where this will get screened again. And, and in a normal week of 30, 2010, an unnecessary remake, oh, we'd be shaking our fist. That would be, <laughs> that would be <laughs> the worst thing about the show. And then we have this, which uh, marks a certain milestone for me, per, for Chrissy personally. Stuart Wilson, Vivian Wu, Elias Cotez, uh, Paige Turco, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. They made history. Hey, all right. Now, these turtles. What's going on in here? Our history. Check it out. We're in ancient Japan. They're out of their shells. You missed me. Onto the screen. Awesome. And kicking some samurai butt. Leo, high foot. What was that? You want to run that by me again? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. You were expecting maybe uh, the Adams Family? Rated PG. Ha <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, which I think for me... So, it's my birthday this week. and But I'm turning 13. And I'd grown, I was a fan of the Ninja Turtles since 1987, but I, I think I said with the second movie, I'm like, I think I'm kind of done with this. And my parents are like, what do you want to do for your birthday? What do you, your friends want to go see the new Ninja Turtles movie? Stop asking me, mom. Puberty's hit me hard. I'm not taking my friend. I'm, I'm, so I remember I had to embarrassingly watch this in the dollar theater so no one could see me because I was entering that stage of my childhood. Aww. And, but also. And I was past it. I, I had one of the first dates it was barely a date on teenage mutant ninja turtles one and by three i was just far too old for it it was just like no and that's because of the direction they went with the films i mean i would love to see the alternate reality where the producers for tmnt took the lesson from batman and just have the sequels be darker and weirder that is is weird because the first mm -hmm. movie the first movie is wonderful and like Almost unnecessarily dark and bleak, yeah. and, and and for for kids, movie. I am shocked at how dark the first film is uh, in a twenty twenty three standpoint. Yeah. It is like I have a really hard time imagining a kids film being that dark being made today. Yeah, me too. And, and it like it came out the same year as Batman, but somehow went the reverse. Got more mm-hmm. colorful and kid like, and almost excising the violence violent aspect entirely to become just a comedy. And I think that's because they didn't have faith in the franchise. I know these producers were like, this TMT thing is a fad. No way is it going to be popular 30 freaking years from now, like Batman. So let's just get this milked as fast as we can. And they cut the budget. They cut the costumes. Oh, Lord, do the costumes look bad in this. Yeah, I I think this this whole... idea the whole premise of the film going back in time to ancient japan was just an effort to save money to not build sets and not shoot in cities to shoot out in fields and it it's fucking boring like as a little kid i mean i'm watching this i'm like for me this is the death knell and for it's weird to think about because the show is still going on but i'm not watching it it has another few years but like for yeah, me not for long this is going to be i'd say the follow foulest foulest fallow when something's foul, uh-huh. the, the most foul period in Turtles yeah. history after this film, because yeah. it's what uh, a dozen years until there's another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie or more, fifteen. Yeah, it's it's, it's not until two thousand seven. Uh, the next yeah, so. the next series is the next mutation, which wasn't received well. So like 
it was weird. One, this phenomenon of Ninja Turtles lasted way longer than most phenomena. So it was first into yeah. He-Man. That's a two-year cycle. Mm-hmm. This was like seven years. And yeah, I, I was like, yeah, surely this is over. And I thought it was <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think this is a huge low point for the Ninja Turtles. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> it mm-hmm. sucks. This is the last theatrical movie for in this run, yes. right? Mike, yeah. has yeah. anything been rebooted more? I can't fucking keep track. I saw an ad today for another goddamn Ninja Turtles movie that seems to be restarting and rebooting everything again. That's a, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, how many times we have to do this? How many times do I have to watch their parents get shot in front of that movie theater? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but let me tell you how bankrupt the idea of sending them back in time was in practice. I think mm-hmm. you could have made a good movie out of it. The film is Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. Maybe if they went back to feudal Japan, you could have them meet actual ninjas, and yeah. you could get some comedy off of that, some, like, training, some, like, whiz- yeah. no, not going to do that? Okay, movie. It's it, yeah. it, it's the, For me, it's, it like, and granted, I was growing out of it, but, like, I still think this is the absolute low point in the Ninja Turtles. And it was, like, that's fair. What action figures are you going to get out of this? Like, what <laughs> what merchandise is going to sell off of this? Like, whose the idea turtles is turtles in Japanese outfits. That's, That's it. it. And it, what? who wants that? <laughs> Fuck wants that? But again, like, the, the franchise wasn't dead. The games are coming out. There were still a bunch of action figures coming out. But, like, this is the beginning of the end of the first cycle. No, this is, this is the end of the first wave of the Ninja Turtles. I hope it never From stops. From a 1993 standpoint, hmm. I guarantee you, the vast majority of people were like, that's a dead franchise. Yeah. It was a thing in the 80s. It's not going to have any future. It's just, you know, uh, the pet rock. Yeah, it's, it's in a weird, weird world. You could see like TV producers like, I don't think this, I don't think we're going to move forward with this Ninja Turtles thing. It just seems weird to think about now, now that they've stood the test of time. And they're not unlike comic characters. They thrive on reinterpretation and modernizing. And I think that's always very cool. And the new movie looks really cool. I can't wait to see it. Looks interesting. So in defense of this movie, I will say April O'Neil in a fedora is smoking hot. And <laughs> we on our third it. April O'Neil. Yeah, yeah. But but the turtles do get thirsty for April in this film, as this clip shows. Allegorama. Yeah, I'll say. Hey, I'm allowed. I'm on vacation. Right. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> wow, a stolen boner joke from my yeah. uh. Okay, Diana, ah. that's not the low point of Turtle <laughs> Thirst for April. Okay, oh, no. it gets so much worse. <laughs> oh, I've been trying to talk her into an interspecies relationships for months now. Whoa, whoa, Raph, she, chill, man. And she won't do it. She huh? can't no, hold her breath no, long. she can't do it. The biggest problem is she can't hold her breath long enough, you know? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, dear. That is from... That's, that's on the Oprah Winfrey show, and it pans over to these kids with the most shocked look on their face of what the hell? They all want to fuck April? Like, what? And they're in, I have to point out, visually, they're in their um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle band costumes, uh, which may have had two state members in it, I forget. Uh, I think that's hilarious. And all, yeah, the effects in this movie, are the, it's the first time it's not done by Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and it really fucking shows. Oh, I mean, 
the first movie was made with so much love. It made was made by people who cared about their craft, and you can tell no one cares. No one in this movie cares. It's... But it did bring up one question for me, which I want to ask you. Uh, Chris, hmm. when you were young, did you want to live in garbage? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really, really young. Oscar the Grouch, maybe. Trash Heap Fraggle Rock, maybe. Because, like, the turtles live in a garbage. They live in the sewer, and they have a bunch of things that are thrown away. And that appeals to kids. And I can recall it, like, appealing to me. Like, how cool would it be to live in the sewer? Yeah. And I'm just looking back in retrospect going, where the hell did that come from? It's Where's this <laughs> desire of kids to live in garbage? I, th I think not so much garbage, but an underground hideout. That's something yeah. I'll never truly yeah. grow out of. I still have <laughs> fantasies about that. My underground yeah, bunker. An, un an underground hideout full of like stuff that other people threw away that's really cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like living in a giant garage sale. Yeah. You never have to okay. go to school because you're too busy watching TV and learning karate. Yeah. Oh, it's and I, you just summed up why the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been popular for 30 years, <laughs> Chris. Yeah. They get to hang out, watch TV, and learn karate instead of go to school. That's I would say opinion. a colorful cast of neon things, which this movie fucking just loses entirely like just makes it drab as shit this movie sucks like it's it was boring as a kid it's even more boring now and unacceptable i fucking hate it I'm so angry at ninja <laughs> turtles 3 uh because uh, imagine imagine as a teenager if this somehow won me over and i had to hold this closeted love for ninja turtles into my teenage years that would have been great but it didn't it became too kiddie um, anyway, well, let's, we can move on to television. We're Ninja Turtles. They're still on until 1996. Yeah, I, I fell down the rabbit hole of looking at those episodes because they get darker as the movies get fucking kiddier. Um, I was even reading they had to take the nunchucks out of the... Like, remove al alternate yeah. footage of Michael uh, Michelangelo holding something else for British audiences. Right, where they're Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yes. Yes. Because ninjas are too violent. But what about the knives? One guy's got a sword and the other's got two daggers. But he, he tends to use it only as like a, a bat for the most part. Yeah. And slicing yeah. robots. Sure. I, I recall, like, I think it was a college humor cartoon on exactly that uh, subject where uh, Donatello realizes that he can just slice people with his mm -hmm. katanas. And they're like, you didn't hit him knock with a, a ball or uh, <laughs> knock a pipe loose? No, I just stabbed him. Wow, why didn't we think of this earlier? Yeah, so many bruises <laughs> could have been you spared. Uh, yeah, it's really kind of ridiculous. An asai is a pretty violent weapon <laughs> if you get hit with that in the stomach. Oh, three prongs curved. Ugh. Um, but yes, moving on to the television. Yeah, Ninja Turtles' next mutation would be in 97. So that's the next time the next iteration of turtles there's like three years off and that seems like a long time but i think uh but i think there's been longer stretches without new turtles hopefully we won't go too long oh yeah we have that new movie coming out moving on to television in 1993 uh what is it march 17th through the 23rd real stories of the highway patrols debuts in syndication oh uh, when you absolutely it's, it's can't like figure cops. out what to watch <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like cops but with uh, more crashing more crashing yeah. and, and, I mean, and I, stories. 100% why it exists. It's like, what's the success? Cops. Is it cheap to make? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, well, we what's another cam. We shoot testimonials. I think that's the yeah. difference. They're not following around. It, 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 you're yeah. literally hearing anecdotes you might see if you have a drinking buddy who's a highway patrolman or a yep. super trooper. That happens. But a much bigger episode for me anyway. Seinfeld 
The Junior Mint. It's a Junior. I, I love Junior Mint. Nobody in the world had talked about Junior Mints in like in my world in like seven years, and this is the. Why were they talking about Junior Mints before? Because they were in movie theaters and candy was all we could talk about when we were okay, kids. Okay, so because you were a child. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. But it's like the <laughs> worst candy. It's like your grandma's candy. I like Junior Mints. Of course you do. All ladies like mint. But I can't. I won't eat a handful of them. It is one, a one at a time sort of thing. It's true. Do or you, you sprinkle them, them yeah. on your popcorn? I don't. I have done that, but I, I prefer not to. I don't like Yeah, I, I tried together. that, and I thought it was just disgusting. I don't get the yeah. appeal. I've heard of that, but I'm not blowing 35 bucks at the concession stand. Jesus Christ, <laughs> popcorn and yeah. Junior Mints. Yeah, no, doing that with, like, M&Ms, though, I like that more. Something just straight chocolate, not minty chocolate. But I would say the other thing people really remember about this episode is trying to guess a woman's name when all you know is that it rhymes with a part of the female anatomy. Mulva? Great seats. You could see the actors spitting. Really? Mm -hmm. And afterwards, we went backstage and Olympia Dukakis autographed my playbill. Oh. Wait a second, you got her autograph? Yeah. Do you have it with you? Yeah, it's in my purse. Uh, let me see. You know, I really think I'm falling for you, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, well, I really think I'm falling for you. Did we say that Jerry doesn't, he's dating someone and he doesn't remember her name? This yes. has happened to me in like a one day period, but never this long. And he's trying to guess her name by looking at the autograph. Joseph Puglia. <laughs> I had an autograph from my uncle. Yeah, I, I know. You don't know my name, do you? Yes, I do. What is it? It, it rhymes with a female body part. What is it? Mulva? <laughs> uh, uh, so, like, I remember watching this episode live, and I could not guess the name at all. No, I didn't. So, when he yells this no. out the window, th the laughter in my house was uproarious. I, yeah, here's the bad thing I'm a female. I still didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, no, it took a second. <laughs> it took me like a day. Here. Oh! Oh! They. they It's like one of the dirtiest jokes put on network television. And they workshopped it for like a week and they couldn't come up with a good name. And eventually they settled on the name Regina. Wow. Which isn't a good right. one. I think I, uh, I, we were probably guessing that. Like, God, man. I, yeah, Regina. I thought it yeah. was Re Re Regina. Regina. And then. Which is not a name. It's actually a title. <laughs> Most people would say Regina if their name was spelled that way. Yeah. Uh, and they, they went to the audience before the show and they were like, okay, it's a. Jerry's going to have to guess the name of his girlfriend and it rhymes with a female body part. Can anyone guess what it is? And someone in the audience shouted, shouted out, <laughs> Dolores! <laughs> and the producer went, I'll be right back. Rush backstage. They changed it. And there's oh still God. an alternate take with it shouting Regina out there. Wow. But they changed it. And then the producer came out and was like, good job. You guessed the right one. But <laughs> Liars. Liars. That man is owed residuals because that is like <laughs> one of the best Seinfeld moments of all time.
Yeah, that I, it, yes, I remember being in the room with my mom and dad. One person gets it, the other doesn't. Then they're nudged, and then oh, holy <laughs> shit! They said that on television. No, they didn't. They made you think it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> boob? No, I can't even think of something that rhymes with boobs. I'm not Eminem. Don't put me on the spot. Uh, but also out this weekend, uterus. <laughs> Bovary. Uh, I, I would like to say that as prep for this show, I tried to get chat GPT to give me all the names uh, that rhyme with female anatomy, and it refused. It was offended. Wow, really? Ah. Right, calm down, chat GPT. Also out this week, Northern Exposure, uh, The Big Feast, at the episode The Big Feast. So this has stuck with me because this is the episode where Maurice throws himself a huge, giant uh, party, and he gets... Uh, chefs from France, and he gets like 40 cows to kill and boil down their bones into this specific beef broth, and he gets caviar flown from Russia, and Joel is talking to the old lady who runs the post office, and he's like, what do you think of this party? And she's like, oh, it's such an ego trip. It's such a waste of money. I can't believe one man would be that egotistic. Frankly, it just disgusts me. And Joel's like, okay, so you're not going? And she's like, of course I'm going. There's a caviar bar. Mountains of caviar, Joel. And that that stuck with me. Have either of you gone to a party 90% or more for the food? Um, oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, what am I? What am I saying? Like, I used to work in press, and so I would, con- uh, I would constantly oh, yeah. dine exactly. out. Like, I, I, I worked in the press, and I worked in the press in San Francisco right before the dot com bubble burst, mm-hmm. and it was very easy to just talk my way and walk into a reception for some web thing that I didn't yeah. know what it was, and I grabbed Web-istics. some food and I leave. Web- <laughs> yeah, I did that a couple times. Vandalay Industries. They, they were, they were like right by my office. I'm walking by. I'm dressed okay. I just walk in. I look like I fit in. I'm tw- in my 20s and I'm white and in San Francisco. There's a fucking sushi bar. I'm grabbing a bunch of sushi. I'm throwing it in my purse and I'm leaving. It, it feels like such an old. <laughs> I love saying that on, on usually on Video Game Apocalypse, we were working in Games Press and Rock Band would come out with DLC new songs to download every Wednesday. They would throw an open bar party every Wednesday to celebrate the launch of that DLC and invite the press. And like, fuck yeah, we're, hell yeah, I'm going to go. I think it's like the last time I threw up from uh, <laughs> drinking and eating at one of those places. I uh, can't imagine them doing that now. Um, anyway, and then no. la- oh, lastly, we have... Uh, oh, did you have one, JR? No, nah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, and then yeah. last one, HBO... The HBO movie Barbarians at the Gates with James Garner, Jonathan Price, and Peter Riegert... Um, I forgot about it because I, I did not like this, but I had just, I think I just started stealing HBO. So I remember the promos mm-hmm. for this pretty vividly. Right. Little young this court. is about like 80s corporate greed based on a true mm-hmm. story about, uh, was it RJ, RJ Reynolds? Uh, RJ Reynolds private. Disco. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, like the CEO wants to take them private and then there's, you know, leverage buyout folks are coming in and there's going to be bidding realizing like, oh, if you do this, you're going to make a ton of money, but you're going to cost thousands of people their jabs. Oh, it turns out corporate raiders are assholes. And this is what's destroying America. And it's still true. Adapted by Larry Gilbert from MASH. Yeah. I I watched the movie. Uh, I saw it growing up, and I always passed by it because Mm -hmm. it was like, well, this doesn't have any explosions at all. I'm not watching this. I thought they said enemy at the gates. Oh. 
Yeah. Watching it as adult, it sucked me in. I mean, it's it's rich people and their rich people problems. So if you can get past that, it's a fascinating little drama that still holds up. And what really stood out to me is the big reason he's going uh, trying to go pub- private is because he thinks he's got the future of cigarettes in his pockets <laughs> because he's trying to invent vaping. <gasps> Ooh. He's 100 in a 2023 mindset. You, you listen to these clip and I'm like, well, you're not there, but you're obviously trying to invent vaping. Now of all the people we interviewed, 86% approved of the idea of a smokeless cigarette of those who had given up cigarettes. 73% responded favorably to the idea saying that they would seriously consider smoking again if they could be positive that the cigarette that they were smoking was absolutely smokeless. Now, 8% of that group sampled at least one premiere to give us their opinion of the product. Bottom line? Well, of all the groups we tested, the response to premiere was just about uniform. Mm-hmm. They all said they tasted like shit. Like shit? Shit was the consensus, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, the technology is not there, and a key plot point of this film is that his attempt at a smokeless cigarette tastes like shit. Like literal <laughs> shit. Like people say, this tastes like literal shit. Like 95% of the market. Yeah, I feel, I feel so, like... I, you know, I've, I've been on and off cigarettes and vape for years, and, and just like... Why the only person not getting on this vape market are the tobacco companies? And I was just like, oh yeah, because they make tobacco. <laughs> they're they're the only thing they've tried for smokeless is remember snooze, snooze. They were just dip, mm-hmm. fucking cho- like chaw yeah. in little packages. Gross. Yeah, but this is based on a real thing. Premiere from 1988. They they tried to make a uh, something you light the carbon tip. Which would heat the tobacco and flavor beads. <laughs> I remember flavor beads. Gross. Oh. Yeah. That. that did you see? Did you see this on HBO Max? Good. I meant to check on that because, like, a, a lot of no, their original it's free on YouTube. Yeah, a lot of their original movies aren't there uh, for some reason, and this was a pretty big one. So I was uh, a little bummed yeah. by that. HBO just doesn't care about their original movies. I, I think they don't. That was before they kind of owned the movie. Sometimes they were movies distributors like, ah, I don't think this has a theatrical future and HBO would buy them. They don't really own them, but that we associate them with HBO. Yep. Oh, apparently the uh, the <laughs> premier smokeless cigarettes, uh, they did not last very long, about a year, because it turns out they were really good for smoking crack. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a thousand percent more addictive. Put that in the corporate yeah. office. Anywho, moving moving on to video games of 1993, March 17th to the 23rd. It's a Sega CD celebration here. Uh, Afterburner 3 out on Sega CD. (laughs) Uh, Arcade-style combat. Your jet has unlimited ammo. So just hold the machine gun and spam missiles. That's it. That's the strategy. Love me some Afterburner. And Uh, uh, when I think of jet fighter combat, I think of light jazz. They're protecting those bases with squadrons of their best interceptors. Your job is to take out those bases. If you have to knock down a few enemy planes, so much the better. Just you and your F-14. With a good pilot, it's holy terror. With you, what is love? it should be unstoppable. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Don't Hell hurt yeah. Me. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Suck it, Kenny Loggins. That's what I want to score my jet fire sequences with. 
Uh, Batman Returns is out on Sega CD, which is a pretty okay game. Uh, I got to disagree. Yeah. This has the problem that the video rental market had a horrible effect on gaming at the time. This game starts out hard and goes to impossible. Um, <laughs> uh, it does have a bat ski boat, so that's something. Hell yeah. Uh, and what about Jaguar XJ? What is, is this a game or a peripheral? This is a game based on the Jaguar car. Oh, and just like the real Jaguar, it's gorgeous and will stop working after five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rise of the Dragon is also out. And the Road Avenger. Uh, just a standard game. Same with Road Avenger. Really, the Sega CD was spasming at this point. It was just like... <laughs> Here's a bunch of uh, games that don't have any reason to be on our system. Please buy it. Yeah, a bunch of personalityless games that can port over from like like scrapped arcade projects. Just mildly more powerful than your existing consoles. It wouldn't last very long. Um, not not a system I have a lot of love for. Uh, Sega CD, and I am a huge Saturn and Dreamcast fan. I'll tell you that. Uh, mm -hmm. Music of 1993 and former. My Snow is still number one during the week of March 17th through the 23rd. But we also have new releases, such as This Time by uh, Dwight Yoakam, Till Death Do Us Part by The Ghetto Boys, Songs of Faith and Devotion by Depeche Mode, Space Age Bachelor Pad Music by Stereolab, The Bliss, uh, question mark, Vibrations of Love and Anger and the Ponderance of Life and Existence by PM Dawn. Jesus Christ, the Fiona Apple-esque <laughs> album title there. For the Beauty of Winona by Daniel Lenois, uh, Home Invasion Lenoir. by... Uh, Lenoir, uh, Home Invasion by Ice-T, Independent Worm Saloon by Butthole Surfers, and we're going to close out with Ordinary World, which we shat upon to make our Groundhog Day joke, but is a great, great jam. I uh, love, it's probably my favorite part in that movie, Layer Cake, that dude's getting the shit kicked out of him and fading in and out to Ordinary World. Uh, <laughs> awesome. But Ordinary World by Duran Duran will take us out. But stay, stay right there. Got some shitty movies to talk about in just <laughs> in about 10 years. Stay right there. And then I try to make my way to the ordinary world. I will learn to survive. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back. Yes. -back. I'm kind of becoming comic obsessed in the early to mid-80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? To coincide. 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It. I felt nothing when I saw it because like, this is just not the nostalgic version I have for Superman and Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about it's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman 
and, and everything you know <laughs> about okay, it. Okay, okay. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming in with For What It's Worth by the Cardigans off of the album Long before, long Gone Before Daylight. It is out this week, 20 years ago, 2003, March 17th to the 23rd. Welcome to 2003, everyone. Other new music releases include new releases like Hitting the Note, the 12th and final album by the Allman Brothers Band. What? In yep. 2003? Yeah. One of those bands said, okay, well, half our guys are dead, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> well, all right, we're done. Uh, I'm Just a Girl by Deanna Carter, Transfiguration of Vincent by M. Ward, The Underground Heat Volume 1 by M.C. Light, Neon Nights by Danny Minogue, Apple O by Deerhoof, Blackout by Head P.E., Pig Lib uh, and Pig Lib by Steven, Malkmus and the Jicks? I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Uh, in the Club by 50 Cent is still number one. Um... Yes, and I see a little bit of news bringing the world of uh, 2003. A U.S.-led coalition launches a ground invasion of Iraq. Ah, ha, ha. You thought it would be Oscar news. Okay, so y'all know when we left Iraq, anyone? Have we, or was that just Afghanistan? December 2021. Oh, okay. Though I'm sure we still have contractors and all kinds of other unofficial folks there. Uh, yeah, death toll speaking, we got... Uh, Someone in the neighborhood of 10,000 Americans dead, uh, about five times as many since then to suicide, and somewhere you know, 500 to 600,000 dead Iraqis. Jesus Christ. For what? Look, Saddam fucking blew. I hate that fucking guy. He got what he deserved, but... Hey, there are oh. shitty uh, dictator assholes all over the world, but, you know, we want your resources. <laughs> you... Yeah, they're so. I, I love hearing now so many conservatives being like, well, this is an example of the uh, government lying to America. And that's why you shouldn't trust the government. It's like, F- you, you were the fucking government. <laughs> you knew. Y'all knew. You, you didn't care. Yeah. That's- I don't think that's true, honestly. I do not think it was a blatant lie. I think it was uh, reasoning to reach the conclusion you already wanted. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but I just I hate them going now and being like, "Oh yeah, no, I do." Like, Fuck you! <laughs> if you knew then, you should have said something. You did it. Yeah, you you saw what you wanted to see, and it's it just it, uh, it was real. It was a real "Are we the baddies?" moment for me. Of just like, wow, we're really we're really doing this, huh? Like, yeah, there's plenty of other places we could go. We want to do this. The first Bush tried I think it. it's important to remember how popular it was. Yep. In uh, no. 2002, the authorization, the authorization for war was 77 votes in the Senate, 296 in the House. That is a wide bipartisan support. Yep. Yeah, it was odd. And as Senator Joe Biden declared at the time, we have no choice but to eliminate the threat. Exactly. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, really? Because I thought he was a super left-wing communist. That's what they keep telling me. And now that doesn't sound like a very <laughs> communist thing to do. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on into movies of 2003. Bringing down the house. It's still number one at the box office. Um, yeah. Let's talk about some other crimes against humanity, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Not the first one, though. The first one is lovely, and then it just gets worse and worse. Yes. Uh, we got start, Ken start Sampson, Peter one. Cullen, Nikita Hopkins, Jim Cummings, and John Fielder. And if you don't recognize them, those are some of our greatest voice acting talents in Piglet's big movie. Coming only to theaters. Piglet. 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 Little Pig. Big movie. I tried to stop, but it's no use. Walt Disney Pictures presents Piglet's big movie. Rated G in theaters March 21st. With songs by Carly Simon. (laughs) I watched this and this is charming. Honestly, it it holds up. As I said last week, Piglet is a perfect character because he teaches young kids to overcome their fears uh this is the last time john fiedler uh voice original voice of piglet yeah original voice of piglet he's like 77 yeah he's like 77 he might have done the the heffalump short but yeah he He finally gets a starring role Mm -hmm. i that makes me so happy yeah, that, and it's perfect. This is the perfect Piglet movie. If there was any Piglet movie you could think of, this is it. This is exactly what it is. It's told in that charming Winnie the Pooh style where all the animals make mistakes that a young child would make. I, uh, they pick up oh, Piglet's I, book of... Me- I, what I love about these characters so much is how fucking stupid they are. They are <laughs> they are made of scraps of Christopher Robin's intellect, and, and yeah, exactly. It's so they're all they're little, always, always they're so all little funny. kids. They use little kid logic. Yeah, and that's <laughs> makes them kind of dumb but charming. <laughs> yep. In in this film, they find Piglet's uh, photo album, and they figure, well, if this told us where he was, this will tell us where he's going to be. So they go to each one of those locations and then they flash back to some charming little piglet adventure. It's it's charming. It's whimsical. It's exactly what you'd want from a Winnie the Pooh movie. Do you know how many Winnie the Pooh movies there have been? I'm having a heart like Ten? It, it's kind of I mean, theatrically, I think it's the most sequels any Disney movie has ever generated. I mean, it's, I, it's tough because some of the, so many of them are just it's a collection of shorts. Well, the first movie is. But yeah. then the second Winnie the Pooh movie is a brand new movie, and the Tigger movie is a brand new movie, and Piglet's Big Adventure is a brand new movie, and there's a Heffalump movie in there. I'm trying. Grand Adventure was that straight to DVD? All right. Remember. If you're going by purely the Winnie the Pooh films released in theaters, it's seven. Wow. Wow. S- seriously, that's that's crazy. There's there's fewer I Shrek movies. There's no other Disney film that has that many films yeah. in theaters. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you got like four Toy Story films, and that's, you know, they're Pixar films. You know what I'm saying. Two Rescuer films, two Frozens. Uh, and the only bad Winnie the Pooh movie? Christopher Robin. Man, take the worst fucking mm-hmm. character, blow it up, and bore the shit out of kids. <laughs> Holy fuck, that movie sucks, and I'm glad everyone's forgotten it. Um, mm. Moving on to, uh, oh boy. Remember, I was hankering like, man, I love Mike Myers. I'd wish he'd be in another movie. Not like this. Uh, Mike Myers, Candace Bergen, Rob Lowe, Kelly Preston, Mark Ruffalo, Christina Applegate, Gwyneth Paltrow. View from the top. And Royalty Airlines. Welcome aboard. The stewardesses are friendlier. Would you care for some champagne? This ain't your mama's house. The pilots are faster. Captain, we are 
Captain? Hey, he'll be fine. I'll poke him with a stick. And the nuts. You call these warm nuts? Are warmer. I felt warmer nuts on a... Hello. View from the top. I've had only a couple of near misses. <laughs> but I'm feeling better about it. Rated PG-13. Woo! The, the right. flight attendant comedy you've been waiting for. Yeah, I think it's already worth... I, I feel like you don't even have to say it. It's 2003. This got pushed back because of 9-11. Because <laughs> shenanigans on planes was not so funny for a while. Wow. And it's still kind of funny. Like, this should have been good. This is this is like my annoying one of the week. Because it's like, funny shit happens on planes all the time. I can think of tons of things that could happen. It'd be funny. I liked HBO's The Flight Attendant thing. What was that called? Yeah. It's called The Flight Attendant? Uh, yeah. and, and it's just like, the jokes just aren't there, man. But yeah, the idea of working for like this, you know, sort of seedy, sexist airline and trying to work your way up to like a glamorous one. Sure. Fine. Whatever. I, I would have said as the executive, give me four reasons this is better than stewardess school. That is the, the ultimate <laughs> flight attendant movie. A uh, woman gives a blowjob to a terrorist just to get him to calm down. Uh, it's <laughs> She's a hero. I salute her. Yeah. And that, um, that is our first delayed comedy Mass transit comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Even Gwyneth Paltrow's like, "This is the worst movie. I hate it. I'm sorry." And I'm like, "Well, it's not your fault." I mean, what a great just, week to release it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it looks great in comparison. That is a really, really good point. And like, oh, this is a recommend compared to the rest of the shit we got to talk about. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the problem is just it just wasn't very funny. I'd call this next movie one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But like. Yes there are bad movies that are boring and movies like my jaw was on the floor and my eyes were like wide open the entire time. I'd seen this before. Guess what? It doesn't date. Well, uh, <laughs> Roger Moore, uh, Rosalind Sanchez, Vivica, a Fox, Horatio Sands, and Q Oscar winner, Cuba Gooding jr. In boat trip. Jerry was unlucky in love. Will you marry me? No. He found just the ticket, but it wasn't until he got on the wrong love boat. It's a gay cruise, Jerry. And he fell for the right crew member. Are you okay? I'm fine. She's a classic man hater. Now he'll do anything to get what he really wants. Me? Straight? Girlfriend, please. Cuba Gooding Jr. with a gay fox. You want to get back together? Well, I did before I found out that you were, you know. How could you think I'm gay? Rated R. Honestly, I want to clear the floor for JR because <laughs> we knew we were going to watch this and JR went in pretty cold. Yep. Yeah. I get? had no idea what <laughs> this was at. <laughs> okay, I did not know the premise of Boat Trip. I thought it was like, okay, wackiness on a boat. Yeah. There's been tons of movies about that. You got Road Trip, Euro yeah. Trip, and Boat Trip. This will be a stellar third movie That's with young kids. pretty much my <laughs> mental mo model. I was like, Cuba Gooding Jr.? Hey, he's been a great actor in a number of things. Let's see how he does in this comedy. I mean, Snow Dogs wasn't great, but <laughs> let's let's see what he does. It's no radio. Boat. Mm -hmm. And I, five minutes in, ten minutes in, I'm like, oh no! This it's like, oh no 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 no! This no, is it, not the premise, is it? This is the premise. Oh, movie! Oh, 2003 movie! You have no idea what you're in for. 
Yeah. No, this this movie goes beyond how did this get made? And as you are watching it, all you can think is, why is this happening? Why is it? Because that's my favorite <laughs> thing about the movie is that it's written by fucking aliens. In reality, it's it's written by a golden bunch of Golden Girls people. I, I tried to find Aww. more information on, like, how, how did this fucking happen? How This movie feels the, a thousand I, years I old. I have a theory. What? There's a throwaway line in one episode of Friends, and I really think someone watched that and went, boom, that's my movie. Play that clip. You'd have to... <laughs> you have the clip? Yeah, I got the clip. You know, I, I don't even feel like I know you anymore, man. All right? Uh, look, I'm just going to ask you this one time, all right? And whatever you say, I'll believe you. Were you, or were you not, on a gay cruise? <laughs> What? Someone watched that clip and someone went, by God, that's genius. It's, that's it's, genius. How could we have missed it for so long? It's totally possible. But I, I tried to look for more background information, like what the fuck was anybody thinking making this? And the mm -hmm. best I could find was Horatio Sands being grilled by Dan Harmon on his podcast because he's obsessed with the movie. And he was sort of like, you know, look, I, I had a... I had a break. I only have a limited window in between seasons of SNL. There was a writer strike coming up and my agents like, look, you just book something, book something or there'll be nothing. And I got the script. He said he got the script. It was not good. I was told I could work on rewriting it. I did not. <laughs> I did mm. not. Uh, all every actor in the like background actor is it's a German production, basically off the coast of Greece on a real boat. Everything in it is it's, I swear it like transcends bad. It is very watchable. It should be really offensive, but like the knowledge oh, of is. gay culture is so like 1930s childish. It's it see, here's the thing though, Diana, as I realized the premise, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a timer and I'm going to see how long it takes for one genuinely human moment from a gay character in the film but after half an hour, I realized I was being unfair because there is no genuine human moments in this film from no, any character. It, they are all non-humans. Everything is cartoon logic from how they're tricked on two straight men looking to meet girls are tricked on to buying a ticket to a gay cruise. They go through a travel agent. I'm not saying look it up on the Internet, but you wouldn't ask around. You would never mind. There's no reason to question it because. The best scene in the movie, and by that I mean worse, is that woman filleting the banana, which somehow looks like a real, they made it look like a real cock. And Cuba Gooding Jr. gets so horny, he, he comes out of a porthole. The movie yeah. is written and made by all men, none of whom understand how cum works. And, <laughs> and, and he, so he gets so horny, he ejaculates out the window Therefore, it flies up into another man's face, and he turns to his partner and's like, "Rod, come on! Like that guy doesn't know. How, wait, that guy doesn't know how cum works. They're outside with clothes on, and cum flew up into your face from a window above you. And it's the it looks like opaque sunscreen. They don't know anything about fucking cum. How are they supposed to grapple with sexuality? They don't know." <sighs> The yeah, whole, and so, the whole movie is filled with baffling choices in like impossible scenarios. It it is it is like too bad to be offensive. 
Oh, I still was very offended. Oh, I, not I, not just for how it treats gay folks. This movie hates women, especially. Yeah. Yes. It might hate women more than it hates gay dudes, and that is saying a lot. It thinks women are disgusting. It thinks women's sexuality is especially grotesque. That there is a, a woman who's also uh, in all the insidious movies who plays like a horny but ugly lady who's constantly trying to uh, attack Horatio Sands, who is treated like she is the, the uh, well, uh, you know, uh, an alien that came out of someone's butt. Horatio it, Sands should be happy be fair, with any if option. You to judge. That woman and Horatio Sands on a standard level of attractiveness for their genders, the woman would be more attractive than Horatio yes. Sands. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that she wants to fuck makes her disgusting. She is so horrible. And a bunch of sexy ladies end up on the boat too. And they're 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 not really treated any better, though. They're just like boobies. It, yeah. The movie feels the guys, so old. Okay. The guys. <laughs> are pretending to be gay, but they also right. want to have sex with the beautiful women who are on board their ship. The easy solution, hi, I'm a two on the Kinsley scale. <laughs> hi, I'm bisexual. Hi, I'm yeah. exist. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I don't want to bitch too much, but that's a big problem in movies. Uh, bisexual erasure in, mm -hmm. your, in your films, you're either 100% straight mm -hmm. or 100% gay. Almost very few movies and TV shows that show spectrum. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, I, again, uh, I have to reiterate: these are this movie is put together by sitcom writers who were probably in their forties and fifties in the eighties. Their version <laughs> of life is so unbelievable. Even in two thousand three, they have no perception of the world or how anything works. Anything, everything in this movie operates on like it, I don't, it's like a child sprawling. It's, it makes no sense. It is fascinating, and it must be watched. But it can't be. It's one of the few movies I've seen that, like, oh, they really don't want to get... <laughs> see, this movie was delayed by two years, and then and then now if you try and stream it, it's impossible to find. It uh, It is not available for purchase. Probably, that gives me a little bit of hope for humanity, because the fact that both Richard Roundtree and Sir Roger Moore show up... Holy shit, Roger Moore. What the fuck? Roger Moore, I feel what? like, is the Lord. only good thing in this movie though because he's just being campy and he does not give a fuck and in the end he says that he's a badass motherfucker and that made me happy because i never heard him swear before he's but having he... so much fun in this film i mean oh. he is loving being this gay camp character I, I, you can yeah. tell that i think i heard horatio sand say that yeah like because he played james bond for so long he kind of delighted oh no he compared him to bob saget like because he's viewed <laughs> as like this Milk toast sitcom dad, he just wants to curse and be naughty. And that's how Roger Moore really is. And that that's, yeah, I'll do it. It's, it sounds fun. And, and he's clearly having, it's just so bizarre to see him in this it's film. So, so wrong. Like, the, the, there's a version of this. Somehow, somewhere, there is a version of this that works. Um, Jesus fucking Christ is this. The birdcage. Thank you. The, the, yes. The birdcage. <laughs> It, it, the bird cage works which better. holds up amazingly. But again, you know, it's also from a different perspective. But so I guess it's not a totally fair comparison. Because oh my god, just how I, I there are so few movies where I feel like this movie is hateful. Yeah, there's not a gay to person every, anywhere near this movie. To everyone in the world, it hates its characters, it hates <laughs> the audience, it hates, hates, hates. 
And just, How? How is this happening? Like the, the opposite of a Tex Avery wolf, the reaction from these guys at every gay thing that happens, like, you're not desensitized to this yet. Come on. What the fuck? <laughs> How long is yeah. this going to take? You're in a boat. Oh, no. Those men are dancing together. <gasps> Whoa! This movie is incredible to watch. And I, I, I just imagine any gay person watching this and, like, they will laugh their heads off as well. Because it's it's mm. so ancient in its perceptions of, of of everybody of of just regular straight relationships. The women in this movie are so that the opening of this movie is amazing, amazing. <laughs> the proposal on the hot air balloon, which she re, she then leaves him on a hot. This movie's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's a hundred thousand tons of. Did I, am I the only one who had a great time with it though? <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, it was fun for me, and it reminded me of, like, a lot of 60s and early 70s camp classics where, yeah, if this movie were made in 1967, mm -hmm. it would somehow be less offensive than it is in 2003. Yeah. If it were the exact same thing. Because there are some movies with some gay characters in the 60s and 70s that are so outrageous that it's actually like kind of funny because it's basically parodying what people think of gay folks as opposed to this, which did, have they ever met another human being gay or straight? I don't know. Aliens. I, I thought I heard Horatius. He's like, yeah. And then the main guy who's our gay friend, like he has a lot of makeup on and like, <laughs> That's what gay guys do. They wear makeup. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. This fucking movie. This fucking movie just made by a bunch of. The guy who directed it, Morton, would go on to direct a bunch of straight to video National Lampoons movies. I'm like, that's your speed. Stay in your lane. That is what you are good at. But just movies for 13 year old boys. How did this get a theatrical release? Why sit on it for two years and then release it? It's made pre 9 11. And Horatio Sands pinpoints his involvement in 1999. In <laughs> 1999. Yeah, I it's it truly is one of the the worst things I've ever felt watching this movie. Of just just now I hate everyone too. You did it, movie. Good job. I've been radicalized. Yeah. Must destroy humanity now, and it's boat trip's fault. I I think you have to see this movie. It is. <laughs> It is amazing. It is like it is one of the worst films I've ever seen, and it's it's nonstop jaw dropping. Like, why? How? No one said this. This is a dumb scene. No one said this doesn't make sense. There's so many fucking crazy things that happen in this movie. It's it, it's one of those things that like you hear stories of people toiling their whole lives to get a movie made, and yet this one, this one took its place. Like this didn't start out on a sturdy foundation of anything. Like, why did this happen? Oh my God, but I love it opens with this classy artisan entertainment artisan. What a great, great title to occur before boat trip. Find boat trip any way you can steal it. If you must watch it with a friend, watch it with your gay friends and just like, just look at God damn. Some of these people who made this movie are probably voting. Oh my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> now if you do watch it with a gay friend i think you should warn them about what the movie is like otherwise i think you're going to be charged with a hate crime I, but i'm telling you their perception of straight men straight women See, gays it's all baffling <laughs> in, in like <laughs> if i would have gone in knowing this is a horrible god-awful movie watch it as a bad movie 
I think that would have been the better experience for me. Oh, uh, so were you just yeah. cringing the whole time? Yeah. No, oh, I I would I, I'd seen it I'd seen it before. Like I think we had a DVD as a gag gift that got passed around by groups of friends, and eventually it found its way onto the TV. I but I never paid attention as much as I did this time, and it was glorious. It deserves to be seen in HD. Uh, God, <laughs> it's a campaign to get it released, and and I swear, it has its fans. Like having to go around the internet. Go to IMDb. There's so much positivity <laughs> towards this fucking movie. Uh, I, I, it's astonishing that how many people like like this movie. It's incredible because if you like this movie, I guess there's nothing else quite like it. <laughs> there's there's nothing that comes close to the level of bad and wrongness that is in fucking Boat Trip. You, it's it must be seen to be believed. Again, thoroughly recommended. Yeah. <laughs> Put it the Ugh. list at the end of the year. Boat trip, baby. Because oh, God. I also saw another one of the worst movies I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And and like, fuck this movie. Like, I don't have to say you don't need to watch the, the next movie this, we talk about. The next movie has talented people yeah. all up and down it. There's all nothing but talented people making one of the worst movies ever. Yes. Dwanny Wahlberg. Like, but like yeah, boat trip was the best they could do would be like a oh, that was okay and the, the, that would have been huge praise for them this one though my god money it, and talent and effort and it's trash it's because that I, I i guess i'll say that right off the bat this story is trash and should have been treated like trash and filmed this. on a shoestring budget with no the score is so dumb <laughs> it, it uses all the Holly, the mechanics Hollywood had in 2003 to turn this B story into some A blockbuster, and it's fucking dumb. Dwayne Wal- Wahlberg, Tom Sizemore, uh, Timothy Oliphant, Damian, Le- Damian Lewis, oh my God, Jason Lee, uh, Thomas Jane, just wants his kids back, Morgan Freeman, it's Stephen King's Dreamcatcher. A terrifying force has arrived on Earth. I've quarantined the entire area. Nothing leaves alive. It weaves its way inside your body. You're not John Z. It twists its way into your mind. (laughs) It uses you as its disguise. Come with me, Owen. I'll show you things you wish you'd never seen. Dreamcatcher. Holy shit. We brought this up. Uh, we had two episodes of Blazer Time, the best and worst of Stephen King. This being in the worst, but all the other worst are way more watchable than this. Mm-hmm. This is such a weird movie to <laughs> give this budget to. Okay, so little background. This is the novel King wrote after he was in his horrible accident. He is on record as stating that he was taking 100 pills a day while (laughs) writing this. Mm. I'm kidding. And this is the very first Stephen King novel that I did not finish. I read a ton of Stephen King things. This is the first one I I got like 100 pages in. I was just like, no. Is this going to end with kid sex too? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It, it, It feels like it's made of leftover parts from other Stephen King stuff. Yes. Yes, I mean, you know, a lot of Stephen King stuff. There's going to be kids in the 60s and dairy, no matter what Stephen King book it is. But mm-hmm. but it does feel like, is this two different movies? Because there's mm-hmm. these group of friends that are 
given superpowers by a mentally challenged kid, but it barely comes into play nope. <laughs> at all. At all. They, it would have been the best decision to cut Dunnitz, the mentally uh, challenged kid, from the screenplay entirely. Yeah. But no one could go to Stephen King and say the central part of your novel it's garbage, and the story actually works much better without it. I mean, they got away with no Lawnmower Man. You could take liberties yeah. with Stephen King's stuff, but I... not at this point, because this is mm. the point when he has had uh, burned by Hollywood, and he's like, "I get final say, or you don't make my movie." Oh shit, really? Mm. And I can see yeah. that, or or like I'm not going to promote it, or like you don't put my name on it if you're going to change it this much, because the I'm butt alien. Percent sure. I think he had script approval. I mm. think he was like. If I say it's not in the script, it's not in the script. If I say this doesn't get made, it doesn't get made. So I, when I first remember hearing about this story, it was the ass aliens, which they try yeah. and play down in this movie. But there's still like a... If you're going to use... If it's going to be a horror movie and there's someone bloated and farting, don't use comedy stock fart noises. Make them so make in, your in own. In theory, <laughs> Stephen King's idea, I think, was solid. He was like... I. Sex is all over the place now. It's not taboo anymore. What is taboo? What do you never actually see on screen? The bathroom. I'm going to make the bathroom scary. And his thought was, keep in mind, he was just in a horrible accident where he had tubes put him uh, in very uncomfortable places. And his idea was like, I'm going to make people uncomfortable in the bathroom. I mean, I get the idea, King, but uh, it's... It's it's the, an attempt to make the toilet terrifying. <laughs> and and I, I think the movie is too scared to acknowledge that because I, when I heard about the book, like, you know, the butt aliens going in the butt are mentioned a lot more than in this movie. They even like try and play down when it crawls out of somebody's ass and mm-hmm. and, and do it kind of out of frame. But uh, it was this was not fun. Not fun at all. I'm so baffled by this because i mean first you have yeah these guys have the psychic link which goes nowhere and means nothing except that it's really funny to me because like the psychic link is it's like it's like a clubhouse that they can all access with their brains but they often do it like by pretending to use something as a phone so there's a point where it's like i've got to warn the others and the guy picks up a banana and puts it to his head and it's like are you there guys <laughs> it's yeah. like and haven't used um, it for profit or to help anyone <laughs> ever no but just what like honestly this should have been a comedy right and then and then it maybe it would work but that, that's one of several so, tonal changes i wish this movie would have gone through but so i mean the basic idea is like oh no we're out in the woods and there's a guy he shows up he's sick and then this alien comes out of his butt and and now aliens are chasing people around and and one possesses a dude and makes him uh, try to help the aliens. Yeah, it's like outbreak. Fine. Outbreak. Fine. It's a. It could have been a good pandemic movie. Outbreak meets aliens, uh, or because sure. it you know it involves a hey, involves the concept of male rape and uh, yeah, yeah. It, you, you could play that up or in like in the idea that the movie is this fucking expensive and is this many actors in it when like you're in the snow and a field that is the the only in a cabin. Those are the only settings in in this fucking movie. Why is this so expensive? Why, why is this treated with uh, such a great... Well, part of it is because it's directed by Lawrence Kasdan and a screenplay yeah. hit by him and William Goldman. People who are incredibly talented. Yeah, and I was going to... not known for horror. This is like the end of Lawrence Kasdan after like a pretty crazy... Uh, pretty much. Yeah, like he, he was... Yeah. 
amazing tra- trajectory through like Wyatt Earp and uh, uh, we write the bodyguard. Like he's credited on yeah. like any time you see someone from Empire Strikes Back appeared, he's credited. He's we worked on a couple recent Star Wars things, but this is like the end of him as a studio director, uh, yeah. pretty much. He had a really solid track record, and then. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what attracted him to this or why they thought that was a good idea. Cause it's, I mean, he's a talented guy. He could, he could step up to the challenge, but not with this man. Cause the story is awful. And I think they just got this amazing cast because people wanted to work with him. Yeah. But it's so bad. Except again, we got the one guy who's trying to have a good time, Damian Lewis. Once he is brain controlled by the alien. He's at least having a good time, like Roger Moore. It He's is, fucking going for it. I'm eating some scenery, goddammit. One of the silliest performances I have ever it's seen. so silly. And if he's going to... When he's the alien, he has a proper British accent. And like, you look so much like Hugh Laurie, this just should have been Hugh Laurie. Because I, <laughs> I know I can trust both of his, his American and English accent more than I can yeah. yours. Davey Lewis is a Brit, though. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, my bad. I, <laughs> I wonder I always confuse him with Hugh Laurie, but but a wasted fucking ca- totally wasted cash. You killed Jason Lee too early and Morgan Ooh. Freeman doing his like the most he's ever acted. <laughs> and it's so mm. dumb. It's so fucking dumb. I feel like for most of the movie, he's just like off by himself. Yeah. Like you got him for a weekend. Let's put him to work. Oh, it's so I it, this is not as much a why is this happening, but it is a how did this game made. Like, why would you read this? Just the book even and be like, oh, yeah, the world needs this. Like, no, yeah, and, or, this or, is a this is a Frankenstein of better ideas. Yeah. Or, you could turn it into a Stephen King parody. Then maybe you got something or maybe I don't know. Even even it could work better as like a season of television because there's so many ideas introduced that aren't really brought up again. Aliens are invading Mm us. Why? They shape shift to look more cut like cuddly little greys. Why? They go in through our butts. Why? Uh, Morgan Freeman has had years of awareness of this, so it's not like they're trying to prove this thing exists. The government knows that it exists, has been following it for years. Why? Tell us more. <laughs> Holy shit. There's like, it, there, like nothing is elaborated on. And I get so JR as a, as a Stephen King yeah. fan. I just have to imagine you sit back and like, why adapt this story of all the stories? How did this one get through? The Cause mix? they also adapted the Tommy knockers. Okay. Any, <laughs> any Stephen King story has an instant audience. This is not his best work. This is not something that I would recommend anyone read when there are literally, not figuratively, literally 60 better Stephen King novels for you to read before you get to this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the movie's not fun. And, no. and, and like somewhere in the, the, the third act, they decide, remember Tom Jane? He was in the beginning. Now he's the main character. <laughs> okay. I'd like the other characters more, but uh, as you wish. Timothy Oliphant, I would like to follow. The dialogue is horrible. The score is horrible. Everything about this, like this is a fucking unwatchably bad movie. Not recommended for any reason. Whereas Mm -hmm. Boat Trip is just jaw-dropping, beautiful, beautiful, awful. This is is sad awful. Hated it. Hated it. So bad. Hated it. Uh, Leds, you want to get into TV? Yeah. Okay. Let's get away from this crap. Talk uh, about good movies. Because again, check out Laser Time's Worst of Stephen King. Night of the Flyer is 
one it's considered one of the worst. It was so much fun. Miguel Ferreira is an evil journalist. It's awesome. It's one of the it's it's called one of the worst Stephen King adaptations. The movie's fun as fuck. This movie is not fun. All right, getting into the uh, television of 2003, uh, March 17th to the 23rd, we got the Oscars 20 years ago. The highlight Man. being that I read Angelina's dress was stolen. <laughs> Angelina Jolie's dress was stolen out of her car. It, it was oh. So it's like that is a way bigger heist than you would think it is. That is like <laughs> hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars worth of shit by taking her jewelry and her uh, dress. Damn. Yeah. Nope. Hosted by Steve Martin. Uh, hey. This time on his own. He and Alec Baldwin host together in a couple of years. Um, I, Chicago cleans up, which, you know, kind of expected, except for Polanski winning Best Director, which was obviously very controversial at the time. I still think it's because uh, Martin Scorsese for Gangs of New York and Rob Marshall for Chicago split the vote. And so Polanski got in there for yeah. the pianist. Mm. And he did not attempt to show up to credit because he would have been arrested. Uh, Meryl Streep got her 13th nomination, making her the most nominated actor in all of history. And uh, Lose Yourself became the first hip hop song to win Best Original right. Song. This is where Three but... Six Mafia became Oscar winners. Love that shit. No, Lose Yourself. Oh, sorry, sorry. Lose Yourself. My bad. Uh, but Eminem did not show up and perform. He waited another almost 20 years to do that. Uh, the thing everyone remembers is Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody is 29 years old. He becomes the youngest person ever to win Best Actor. And it is, I think it's hilarious what happens. They, they they say his name. He stands up. The camera's right in his face. And you can see him mouth very clearly. Holy shit. <laughs> Looking around because he gets a standing ovation. He goes up to get the award from last year's Best Actress winner, Halle Berry. And then he makes out with her very unexpectedly. Yes, And some be... people were very upset about that. Like, dude, that's assault. What are you doing? But it's also like, but if I were him, <laughs> I'd be like, fuck it. <laughs> I, I, my takeaway was one Spirit Away winning for best animated film. Hell yeah. Hell most worthy yeah. animation Oscar in the animation history. It was one of the first times Michael Moore wins for Bowling for Columbine for best documentary. And right. everyone is appalled that he would use this moment to say anything political. Like, A, do you know who Michael Moore is? B, did you see this fucking movie? This movie is political, goddammit. (laughs) And and just Michael Moore becoming a right-wing pariah, I felt like, occurred after this. Because he was kind of under the radar. I definitely underlined it. Like, Mm. if you watch the clip, you can hear, he gets up and then there's booing. And Mm. then there's kind of a pause and then there's more booing. And it sounds like people are booing the booers. So that's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, But yes, the 75th Oscars. 20 uh, years ago. Hard pivot into the MTV debut of Punked, a show I want to hate, but it's impossible. Uh, I love the story (laughs) of this show that Ashton Kutcher started making a prank show on MTV and the original goal was to prank real people and they got sued for a prank involving a fake corpse like a, a, I think a couple coming into a hotel room and finding a fake corpse and it like genuinely traumatized them and they switched it to just pranking celebrities, which is like, fuck them. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Well, also the celebrities are more like, well, if I agree to this, I get some exposure. People see how uh, real I am and cool by allowing this prank. I seem more human and uh, your average person would be more likely to be, or I could sue you, or I can get this money back yeah. and hit you because <laughs> it, it it seems to 
Ashton Kutcher has a lot of friends and he's mostly pranking his friends. But the first episode is the IRS invading Justin Timberlake's house, accusing him of tax evasion. And you see like, <laughs> dude, the guy is genuinely distraught and like doesn't know what the fuck to do. But I, I think he said later that he was really high at the time, too. So the paranoia was really getting to him. Holy shit, it finally happened. <laughs> but yeah, allegedly there are segments and episodes that haven't been aired because certain people weren't cool with it. But I think other than David Spade, like uh, no one's really talking about what the those incidents were. I love the premise. I love that he faked canceling the show so he could continue shooting it. Uh, <laughs> so it filmed in secret, but punked. I, I, I wish I had more bad things to say about it, but I find it endlessly fascinating. I think uh, you see the clip of Mila Kunis resurface because uh, she's from Ukraine and can speak Ukrainian. Is that the language? And yeah. and that clip resurfaced recently because they got like some Ukrainian woman to cell phone fell down the drain and she's like speaking her language. It was like baffling to see. Holy shit, Milikunas can speak perfect Ukrainian. Uh, and then, is this a sad day for JR? Uh, Farscape ends. Farscape ends. No, I actually never got into the Farscape thing. I watched a couple of episodes just to increase my nerd knowledge. And I was like, yeah, this seems interesting. It has genuinely alien aliens, which I always appreciate. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it marks of, twice in our show the end of uh, something created by Jim Henson's Creature Workshop because I that's mm-hmm. the only re- only reason I wanted right. to see this because uh, Jim Henson's studio created the aliens in this. Yep, and they're genuinely alien. You know, uh, most of Star Trek is I'm a human, but my ears are pointy. <laughs> yes, my head is bumpy. Yes, <laughs> but Farscape is like. Well, that's never—that's not anything I've ever seen on Earth. Um, it ends with a series of TV movies because mm-hmm. the fourth season ended on a huge cliffhanger, and then the series got canceled. And Nerd Rage, hey, don't do this. So they went, fine, we'll give you a couple of TV movies. TV movies are not hugely well regarded among fans of the the series, but it was an ending. At least they got an ending. Mm. Yeah. And I think they, because it was airing on Sci-Fi Channel, was it not? Yeah. Back before they yep. the name changed. But I'm not sure that they owned the show. So, like, if they owned the show the way AMC owns a Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, I think they would have been more inclined to put put a bunch of weight behind it and keep seasons going. No, but, it's actually an Australian show. I yeah. thought it was Canadian. I knew it was like oh, it's, a, it's a got co-production. Pal thing. That was that was always the thing. It's I, Aussie. It, it's got that pal filter on it that looks like a British soap opera that makes me not compelled to watch it. Um, yes. And then uh, the, also this week, another TV milestone. South Park hits 100 episodes uh, with the episode canceled. Which uh, Yep. This is the episode they uh, repeat the exact plot from the very first South Park. And Cartman gets a anal probe stuck in into his ass it and i I can't express enough if you were watching south park week to week from when it started this was genuinely jarring like the episode starts and like why is the dialogue so stunted it (laughs) i've seen this episode before because back when south park's first season was six episodes you saw that first episode four hundred thousand times and i tried to watch it this week and like the memory is sort of faded but uh yeah this was really at the time it was really cool if you were a South Park fan. 
but the, yeah. and the premise is still funny. And uh, uh, the creators of South Park had the position, oh, we're going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. So every year, every episode almost, they were like, this will be the one that will cancel us. Uh, and this is them explaining how they felt about that. Because it doesn't really... Well, and they, I mean, that, that was really what that season with PC Principal was about, was we really were starting... The, the culture was changing and colleges were changing to the point that we thought, okay, this is coming. This, it's coming. Eventually, one of these days now, we're going to get... How dare they fucking did that and we're going to get run out of town. Right. What people don't realize is we've been waiting for that moment for 20 years. <laughs> like, we seriously thought that was going to happen 20 years ago. And then we did the South Park movie and we're like, okay, we're definitely That's getting it. run out of town. <laughs> and then we did Team American we're like, okay, we are getting fucking run out of town. And so we're just kind of hanging out waiting for it to happen. We all have backup plans. You know, it's like I, we, we, we have other shit we can do, you know, and we have things we're good at and we have – you know, other, we, we, we're both still Colorado boys, you know, so it was always, we're always waiting to like, okay, when we go back to Colorado, you know. Yeah, yeah. but I think you <laughs> said like in another interview, yeah, fishing poles are in the truck. Like we're ready to go the second <laughs> we're demanded to leave. And it's, it's ironic just that like, if you ha- I don't have cable anymore, but like South Park runs all day on comedy. So it's kind of the last thing that they have, even the daily shows in like this se- se- interesting series of guest hosts, but Holy shit! What is the future of cable? Because they got like South Park. twenty-five mm. seasons of South Park to yep. run through, and yeah. it's still funny. It's still yeah. really genuinely yeah. funny. Yeah, they had a great episode this season. That just oh, that worldwide privacy tour. Every time I think oh, I'm kind of done with South Park, worldwide privacy tour was fucking hysterical. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> this is still around. But this is it reveals that Earth is just a reality show. He's like, you think it, there are different planets all over the universe. This is a deer planet, a planet with all Asians. And we threw them all together on Earth to film it. And now we're getting pretty bored. And then the, <laughs> I still love, I, I, it repeats it. Jewish stereotypes are terrible. <laughs> These space Jews that cancel the show. It's still funny. And it ends with typical South Park decorum on Stay tuned as the Americans and Iraqis have an all-out brawl. You know, <laughs> wow, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even put that together. That was just happening that week. Uh, yeah. But yeah, South Park's an institution for a reason. I think Matt and Trey are now like some of the highest-paid people in TV. Didn't they sign like a nine billion dollar contract with Paramount Plus, Comedy Yikes. Central? Woo! Anywho, moving on to 2003 video games. Oh, uh, we'll get to the big one last because I want to talk forever about WWE Crush Hour. Uh, the, the Twisted Metal Clones <laughs> featuring your favorite wrestlers. Uh, a hilariously misfounded... Man, there used to be so many... God, there were so many wrestling games back in the day. Now there is one a year. Maybe. Maybe there is one a year. They had a brand, and they wanted to get every drop of milk out of that brand. So yeah, wrestlers, combat car racing, boom. Yeah, man, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson mm-hmm. couldn't save it. I don't like Black Adam. We also have Tom Clancy's uh, Rainbow Six Three Raven Shield for PC. Still considered to be one of the better tactical shooters out there. It's not a run and gun. You got to take your time, be tactical, all that things, uh, trying after the realistic tactical gameplay market. Yeah, I think, yeah, once it started coming out on consoles, it kind of lost that. But I think uh, Siege, she still has a huge audience. So, yeah, had... 
Hail Tom Clancy. And then the big one that I won't be able to speak on that much, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire are out in North America. Finally. These games just blend together at me. I've never been a huge Pokemon fan, and I I try to like, okay, what makes this Pokemon game different? I try to learn that for this episode. And then I forget. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I I learned this. I have no idea what makes this different from any other Pokemon game. I don't. Wow, yeah. 16, 31 million, 16 million copies sold of two games. But here's, here, I have, I dabble in Pokemon. It is a really fun, straightforward RPG with a really interesting battle system. But the, I think digging, I don't dig as deep at like catching them all or battling with other people. That's where like your love for Pokemon, I think, really comes from. And I, I just, not in that world. I'm not too big on multiplayer games. And it's too smart for me sometimes. <laughs> it's very tactical. Okay. Um, yeah, Pokemans. I forget which version this is. Uh, uh, ah, someone in the comments will tell us. Uh, then every once in a while we got some big-ass book news, and this week is no exception. One of the best-selling books of all time, I believe, uh, The Da Vinci Code by yep. Dan Brown is out oh, 20 years yeah. ago this week. The Da Vinci yeah. Code. So it, it follows uh, a Harvard professor of symbology, which is not real, <laughs> as he attempts to solve puzzles hidden in art for centuries by a powerful secret organization. And these puzzles are like ridiculously simple. It's like yeah. people have been studying this art since before the founding of America. And no one noted that two plus two equals four. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm, and I'm yeah. All, I, I was so fucking bored by the movie and i'm it's like a, i love reminding people you know that's a trilogy <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a trilogy you ever see that snl uh, black jeopardy sketch with tom hanks as the maga guy that was to promote the third da vinci book movie uh <laughs> da vinci code movie and just it, it i'm totally lost when it comes to this phenomenon but this was huge 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 book i mean it's fun in that like it's about history, but most of it is like really easy history. You know, like everyone has heard of Jesus, everyone's heard of Mary Magdalene, but maybe they haven't heard of the Merovingian kings. But there are Merovingian kings. That's a real thing. You can look it up on Wikipedia. And people just love things where it's like there's secret knowledge, but it's hidden in plain sight. When you know secret knowledge, you feel really smart. Whatever. Everyone knows what the Last Supper looks like. So you can be like, oh, it secretly has got an M in it. <laughs> like, yeah, there aren't a lot like, five different women named mary in the new testament alone jesus christ <laughs> just when i was watching this i just like sort of threw my hands up and like will you normies just play fucking video games there's mm. clearly a desire for it if you want <laughs> a mythical an ancient folk set up this puzzle to you know push that block over that lever over there I mean, like <laughs> you can you can solve these for yourself live the thrill of the da vinci code just play video games holy shit but yeah, this this caused a million like TV documentaries. Did yeah. Joseph, Jesus and Mary actually have a child? I and mean, that was yeah. just all over the place. Uh, maybe that's yeah. that's where our culture was going. Just like his, you know, you'll still see an occasional YouTube video like the secret tie to all Pixar movies, like to overthink general entertainment. And maybe that's what happens after hundreds of years of looking at this artwork. You overthink the motives behind it and the things within it. Uh, but it, 
seems fun. I'm not judging it. Sold 80 million copies, this book. Mm -hmm. 80 million copies. Jesus Christ. Yep. Those are those Harry Potter numbers. That's pretty much uh, of the like highest selling books of all time. This and Harry Potter are like the only ones from this century. Wow. That's like, it's about as many copies as there are of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It, and that's been around for 70 years. Wow. And like every kid's probably read it. Oh. It's insane. And uh, we will close out 2003 with a song picture, the duet you always wanted, Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow. It's on the charts this week, We so we do not have to apologize. Uh, take us out, kid. We'll be right back with 2013. I can't look at you while I'm lying next to her. I called you last night in the hotel. Everyone knows, but they won't tell. But the half-hearted smiles tell me something just ain't right. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back. Yes. -back. I'm kind of becoming comic-obsessed in the early to mid-80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? To coincide. 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It. I felt nothing when I saw it because like, this is just not the nostalgic version I have for Superman and Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about it's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about okay, okay. get bonus time a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of March 17th through 23rd, I got some catching up to do and a solid recommend. So let's start with the catching up. I missed it a couple weeks ago. February 28th, 1983 was the last episode of MASH, which is still like the most watched episode of anything ever. I think... Richard Nixon resigning is like the one thing that beats it and a bunch of Super Bowls. But so that turns 40. I cannot recommend MASH the TV show enough. I like the TV show more than the movie. Come at me, bros. Especially this last episode. This is how it is done. It is a full ass movie. It is a two and a half hour long episode with commercials. That's a two hour movie. Everyone gets some sort of character development some some sort of plot uh, something that moves their character forward so we kind of understand where they're going to go once the war ends and that's what this is about mashes a show that takes a three-year war and turns it into 11-year series 
And because there's so many episodes of MASH, I would definitely recommend doing a JR speed run, looking up lists of like the 10 or 15 best episodes, watching those and then watching the finale because no show has nailed a finale harder than this. It's just incredible. They've got so many characters. They all get full storylines and then they all get to say goodbye. And it, it feels very real and it's very touching. And yeah, at the time, uh, more than 100 million people watched it. That's basically half the country. It's nothing will ever touch it. it it's insane how many people watch this episode enough that during commercial breaks, water levels in reservoirs would dip because everyone ran to the bathroom. So they would come back in time to watch it because, you know, commercials. So yeah, uh, MASH is all streaming on Hulu and I absolutely such a fun show. A show that runs 11 years and never jumps the shark is, is pretty amazing. And then turning 60 this week from 1963 is The Leopard, Il Gatto Pardo, uh, directed by Lucino Visconti, starring Burt Lancaster, Elaine Delon, Claudia Cardinale. And I've never seen it like come up if Francis Ford Coppola was inspired by The Leopard for The Godfather, because it really feels like it. It, it feels like if The Godfather was just about Don Corleone and not as much about his kids. That's pretty much it, because it's about like this aging nobleman and, you know, times are changing and he's kind of trying to cope with the, the changing times while still like maintaining his dignity and his power and, and trying to cope. And man, Burt Lancaster is fantastic in it. And it's just visually a beautiful movie. I just want to go sit in the Sicilian countryside so bad right now get a really really bad sunburn and then have to hide in the bathtub for the rest of my vacation but yeah the leopard it comes up every now and then on like the sight and sound critics lists of like the 100 best movies ever made i think that's why i ended up watching it and i was like ready for it to be kind of boring and me to not know about italian politics in the mid-19th century and it just hit i was blown away by it so yeah, The Leopard from 1963. And yeah, MASH, do a speed run. Watch that last episode. It's fantastic. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. Coming in with Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. It is on the charts this week in 2013. Welcome to our final segment of 30 2010. 2013, 10 years ago, March 17th to the 23rd. Welcome your uh, Imagine Dragons overlords. Uh, we also have new releases from uh, Blood Sports by uh, Suede, a.k.a. London Suede. Anthems, the album by Anthrax. Vita by Draco Rosa. Uh, Alethea by Hope for Dying. The Invisible Way by Low. Delta Machine by Depeche Mode. Spectre, there again. Yeah, Spectre at the Feast. Inspector at the Feast by uh, Black Rebel Motor Motorcycle Club. Harlem Shake by Bauer is still number one. A little bit of news to warm you up to the world of 2013. The U.S. Senate approves its first budget in four years by a margin of 50 to 49. Gonna be timely real soon. We're gonna be looking back on this and going, ah, yes, the calm and rational Senate of 2013. <laughs> uh, yes, and then moving on into the movies of 2013. Who lordy? Uh, 
<laughs> Did you like movie 43? I put this in there just to demand an apology from you, Chris. Because we talked about movie 43 and you tried to go to bat for it saying like, I wish there were more sketch comedy movies. Well, I here's do. one. I know. Here's one directed by the ShamWow guy. Uh, it's starring Rob Schneider and Michelle Rodriguez, Adrian Brody. Lindsay Lohan. Years later. Wow. <laughs> 10 years after winning the Oscar. Uh, who should lose it first? Him or Cuba? Uh, Cuba. Inappropriate comedy. App. App being the highlight there. Yeah. The Ooh. ShamWow guy? What? Yes, it is directed by the ShamWow guy. Oh my god! I'm I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, one of the the, the rare zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, you remember how much you were yelling about Boat Trip and Dreamcatcher being the worst things we ever fucking saw? Those those both sit at like the twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I just don't get how you can make a bad sketch. There should be one salvageable sketch. Yeah. In a movie like this, but no, no, uh-uh. nope, no, Nothing. god damn it, nope. Uh, uh, and and like kind of our only ray of sunshine this week. Next movie: <laughs> Gucci Mane, Heather Morris, Rachel Corinne, Ashley Benson, Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez, and James Franco in Spring Breakers. Oh, I am torn about this fucking movie. Oh, that's great. It's. I mean, these girls want to go on spring break. They commit crimes, so they have money to do so. They go, then they end up with a drug dealer named alien with cornrows and gold teeth and oh man and then the crimes keep getting worse and worse and who's he based on the real life riffraff oh my god that guy's hilarious yeah here's that's what he said (laughs) as far as i can tell these very attractive young women rob to get the money the only thing i saw them spending money on was alcohol here's (laughs) my rejoinder if you are a young, attractive woman at spring break, mm-hmm. is my mental model just wrong? Don't you just get <laughs> free alcohol? Doesn't it just like appear out of thin air? Yeah. <laughs> if you just shout, Woo! I'm looking to get drunk. Beer, beer, vodka. Yeah. Maybe maybe that was more in the day of the paid apps. Uh, maybe that's what it filters for their Instagram. I have no idea I, what they're spending the money I, on. Yeah, I. that's a good point. They, I mean, I guess you got a pregame. Or you just show up and pretend to be drunk and people will give you more <laughs> booze. Because th- that's part of what I'm conflicted about is I, I find it kind of fun as like a dark comedy about like, uh, yeah, kind of like Instagram culture and, mm. and doing dumb shit. You know, it's like if Michael Mann directed Girls Gone Wild. I think I saw one review and I love that idea <laughs> that like it spins into this horrible crime movie. <laughs> but also it's Harmony Kareen who's weird. He's, who he's wants, who wants to hurt you? He want, he he kind of wants to hurt you, and he spends so much time just pornographically looking at these young women's bodies while they just gyrate. And James Franco goes, "Spring break forever." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay," but also one of those bodies is played by his wife, and like I do appreciate a horny wife guy. Wow, I very torn about <sighs> this. I what, see what, what you're trying to do. And as what Harvey I, Kareen movies go, it's probably my favorite because his movies are extremely unpleasant. Yes. What I loved about this film is it taught me things. It oh. taught me that allegedly straight girls always act like they are fulfilling male sexual fantasies when they are by themselves, from pill- <laughs> pillow fights to mm-hmm. blowing smoke into each other moves to some 
talking about how wet their pussies are. I, I <laughs> did not know women acted like that when they're by themselves. So thank oh, you, yeah. movie. Yeah, no, when I'm by myself, I put on uh, $200 lingerie and um, I sit around lazily talking about my tits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also worth mentioning, this is the third film from A24 and by far oh. it's highest grossing. Uh, A24, which just swept owned the, the Oscars. Oscars this year. Yep. Did either of you have like ever a spring break experience like you see in the movies? I, uh, no. it's, it's painful <laughs> to admit we had kind of a desperate wanting to do that and drove down to S Panama city, but we were just kind of four guys who don't really didn't really know how to do that or <laughs> live in that world and just tried to hang and couldn't get into any clubs. I think we were too mm -hmm. young anyway, but, uh, See, but I no, I bought funny, into like, you, but you went to college in Florida. You I mean, didn't I, I did it far to go. I've had parties like that in my hometown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, living in Oregon, I was seeing the MTV spring breaks in Florida and I was like, well, the Oregon coast is very lame. Obviously the Florida coast will be cool. And so one trip to Disneyland when I'm like 14, I begged my mom to drive us out to Fort Lauderdale for the day. Woo. And as a 14 year old, I tried to have a wild and crazy spring break experience <laughs> and it went exactly as well as you could imagine. I, I like, want that movie, write that movie, yeah. write that movie right now. That's hilarious. I want it to be I, about I should... an old looking 14 year old. You drank too much Dr. Pepper and peed your pants at a virtual fighter machine. Like <laughs> what, what could have happened? Uh, but yeah, I tried to like uh, join parties and was like very firmly pushed away. I even uh, tried to hit on some girls with like all my 14 year old charm. And yeah. Okay. Now I got to write the movie. Okay. That is it, a great idea for a movie. I love, uh, yeah, I, I love that. The closest thing to like what I think of a spring break experience, I had New Year's in Edinburgh. Oh, wow. So everyone was wearing a lot more clothing because it was really fucking cold. But there's a giant street party there for Hogmanay. And uh, yeah, got super wasted, ended up with some people I didn't even know. Friends disappeared, slept on a floor. Yeah, had a great time. Here's the thing they don't tell you about this beach culture beaches are fucking expensive everything there is marked up by like a hundred percent so every time i've gone like well that's my drinking budget for the weekend uh oh, jesus it's only fucking 10 like it, <laughs> it's 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 very expensive to be at the beach uh, unless you're going to some dirt beach like pc yeah but this movie is you know uh all about these girls who are doing the crime and it's so unusual because they're young, attractive women doing the crime. I don't want to be one of those people who is like, think of the children. But, you know, things do influence people. There was recently, I think it was a TikTok trend where uh, an 18-year-old <laughs> just sucker punched oh. this full-grown man because that oh. was something you do. You sucker punch them. And he was caught on tape responding you can see him he just gets sucker punch and then he just turns around and punches this little young woman as hard as she can and she ended up in the hospital with permanent brain damage Jesus. Oh. um so having bad role models is kind of bad and 
this role model, I, I don't think there's ever a moment when we're supposed to really think how fucking stupid these girls are, or at least not the movie, because a couple of these girls just go, well, now I'm leaving. And they leave yeah. the movie. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did the crimes, and then I partied, and now I'm leaving. And it's like, okay, there is nothing holding you here. All of yep. our protagonists can get onto a bus and leave and have zero consequences. Yep. And they don't because they're idiots because yeah. it's spring break forever. Spring That's kind of what forever. I got out of it. Uh, yeah. TikTok uh, trends are dumb, but filming crimes is dumber. Never film your crimes, children. Pretty silly. Pretty Just silly. Just don't film your crimes or else how select committee is going to show them to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> At least everything I've said incriminating on one of these shows, I can always say it's part of my character. I, Alex Jones, that shit. <laughs> you didn't see me actually do it. Uh, and that's why you own $1.5 billion. <laughs> I, I wish I'm too poor to party at the beach. But uh, yeah, th 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 this is a wonderfully dated film. All Skrillex on the soundtrack. Just oh, yeah. uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I admire James Franco's performance immensely. Um, I mean, he's, he's committed. Yep. Love you that can guy. feel how you want to feel about that, but he's fucking committed to it. Uh, and, and then the next movie is like, I thought I discovered this movie because how did I, like, I'm a massive Tina Fey fan. I've read her book. Never heard of this movie until like a few months ago. Never had seen it and heard wind of it. Uh, Lily Tomlin, Wallace Shawn, Gloria Rubin, Michael Sheen, Paul Rudd and Tina Fey, romantic comedy, admission. I love all of these people so much. I want all of them to walk me down the aisle at my next wedding. Why isn't this movie better? Yeah, it makes it, me sad. It feels like they use their power to hide the, <laughs> the movie because these are some of those highest paid, well used actors in our in the business. Uh, how did how did this like slip under the radar? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, they didn't market it very hard. Um, I, it feels like counter programming to the other two things we're going to mm. talk about, which which did make money. Um, this is cute. This is another one that's like you're really close to having it. Just just another, but I guess it's based on a book, so they can't change it too much. That you know, Tina Fey is this admissions officer at what Princeton, and uh, you know, like Paul Rudd is a guidance counselor who's got this really weird kid who is obviously a genius, but she's he's really trying to get this kid into Princeton, but like his grades aren't really there, but he's obviously a genius and it's cute and obviously they have they're adorable together and i love them i love all of these people i love michael sheen so much mm. even if he's playing bad boyfriend deserve but, better yeah i uh, tina fey's film career has been very eh. it's you know it it's kind of up there it's a little i would put it below date night which i just barely liked mm -hmm. just because it had some funny parts but it's, again it was like Steve Carell and Tina Fey together. Oh my God. And it's just sort of. I think it's a, what is it? The Steve Martin principle. Look for the movies that she's written. And those are the mm. ones that are good. Baby True. mama, sisters, mean girls. Give me those. Yeah. So admission was like, it, it was fine, but le less than what I was expecting. So mm. it ended up being disappointing. And I'd rather just watch four episodes of 30 rock. Right, yeah. and, or watch fucking 100%. They Came Together where Paul Rudd basically makes fun yes. of this entire fucking concept. And oh <laughs> my God, I can't wait to talk about They Came Together. <laughs> yeah, Why great. hasn't everyone seen that movie? It's fucking awesome. Um, you know, New York is kind of a character. You like fiction books? 
and <laughs> uh, and more blockbustery news. Holy Lord, Melissa, Leo, Ashley Judd, Dylan McDermott, Robert Foster, Angela Bassett, Rick Yoon, Morgan Freeman, Aaron Eckhart, and Gerard Butler in Olympus has fallen. Olympus has fallen. Oh. I repeat, Olympus has fallen. Take- Guys, Olympus has fallen. In the White House. Want to speak with the Russians, the Chinese, the British, and the French. We are at DEFCON 4. Take cover! We are talking about the safety of the President of the United States. No. Olympus has fallen. <laughs> In other words. All right. So, well, it's fallen. I, <laughs> there All were right. three of these films. I know. This is a trilogy. Yeah. And I, yeah. Have, I don't even know Plus, how. Plus the other version that we get to talk about in June, the rival White House attack. The White House down. You know, I've been watching far more action films for this podcast than I normally watch, Mm -hmm. like by an exponential thing. And I finally got the like tired movie critic who's just like, oh, God, another car chase. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no, it's happening already. It says he's been two years. But I enjoyed this. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my central question is this. Do you want to see a bad guy have his skull bashed in by the bust of Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> if so, this is the film for you. And it it pulled me in. I And I can't explain it. I cannot say why this cheesy action movie, and it's cheesy as fuck. There are so many moments when it's just like, we know exactly what we're doing. I cannot explain why it pulled me in it was like enjoyable. It was fun. It was popcorn. I'm never going to think of it again, but I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> Are you going to yeah, follow I, the train into the other fallen movies? <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Maybe but I think there's something to be said for coming in first, because when I see the next White House attack movie, I'm going to be like, well, I just saw this. <laughs> what, yeah. what do you have to offer me at this point? Yeah, exactly. This one, it ha- it does have a lot going for it. It's directed by Anton Fuqua, who we just talked about with uh, Tears of the Sun being sort of a, eh, but he can direct action, and I generally enjoy when he does. Um, it's got, I now I haven't seen White House Down, but this one seems to have a lot more destruction in it. Because it is basically Die Hard in the White House, but they also managed to just blow the fuck out of a lot of more buildings. <laughs> for yeah, just yeah, fuck the fuck the Washington Monument. All right, just fuck it. Just there it goes. Fuck it. Why? Because it looks cool. Yeah. Yes. Blowing up our yeah. nation's dick. How dare you? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> it. It's it's a messed up dick too. Now that I can see it. That you can see how they started building it and stopped, and then they started again. And now, once you see it, you will never unsee it. I know what you're talking about? There's, the bricks are different colors. It's totally different colors. But yeah, fuck the Washington Monument. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck the White House. It was built by slaves, and y'all just blow it up. I'm fine with that. Cool. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Last president didn't like staying there either. <laughs> yeah, um, I, was, I was expecting to be thinking about January 6th a bit for this, and. No, because January no. 6th didn't have like a helicopter gunship open up on 100% <laughs> fewer Confederate flags. Yeah, it's not like, you oh, know, this is so dumb. No fly zone okay. or anything. It, it's, so, the whole thing is so dumb. They managed to capture the White House because instead of the South Korean delegation, it's secretly North Koreans. Oh. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> it's so dumb. Dun dun dum. Yeah. Did oh not my get God. I, I'm sorry. I just realized the uh, the cinematographer is Conrad W. Hall, who is the son of Conrad Hall that I've talked about as being uh, a fucking genius. Mm. Conrad Hall, the elder, did Road to Perdition, and Conrad W. Hall did this and Panic Room. Okay. I did not know that. Hell yeah. Well, Olympus has I, fallen. I, I mean, anyway, it's, I'm the it, only person who gives a shit about cinematographers. Anyway, it, things go boom. It's an interesting <laughs> phenomenon, JR, doing this show. I think even if you're watching like a cookie cutter, well-made uh, formulaic Hollywood film, as long as it's like removed from the now and not influ and not part of a modern trend, it can be so enjoyable to watch a cheesy B action movie every once in a while. And yeah. And uh, this was phenomenally successful, so I don't mean to call it a B movie because it's it is a true true blockbuster in every sense of the word. Yeah, well, for for an action movie with this many stars in it, coming in at seventy million dollars, mm -hmm. that, that's actually making your your dollar stretch. Yeah, yeah. So, well, much I mean, that, like like that's how much like Dreamcatcher cost. Why? <laughs> Where did all that money go? God damn! No, no. Some bad effects in that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think kind of the same thing with JR. It's like we see so many of these fucking movies now that mm -hmm. so when one of them just manages to to ever get my attention while I'm watching it instead of just doing something else, I'm like, oh, well, that was kind of cool. It's like an A plus now. It's like, fine. yeah, exactly. Well, and, and much more expensive movie uh, uh, being released. Know, another movie I was expecting to be like, oh, God. And was like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, a number one at the box office. It's Clark Duke, Loris Leachman, Catherine Keener, Catherine Keener, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds, and Nicolas Cage in The Croods. Meet The Croods. I call this a snapshot. Oh, let's do it again. I think I blink. Eep. Who are you people? They're my family. Grug. I'll take care of this. Funk. Can you do tricks? Roll over. Good boy, Douglas! Sandy. Release the baby! The new guy. And Belt. Cook, conversationalist. Ooh. Also keeps my pants up. From the creators of Madagascar. <laughs> DreamWorks, The Croods. The Croods. Everything must be a franchise. We're DreamWorks. Uh, the Croods. Yeah. Uh, I think this is Cloris Leachman's final role. Is it really? <laughs> oh, that's so sad. That woman was so... I'm sure, I did not see this movie. I've always meant, but it always looks so cringy to me. Am I incorrect in this notion? A bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these, these movies are so meticulously made, unlike live action movies, that it's it's kind of hard for them to suck. They will rework and rewrite and bring in way famous people to punch out. It's it's there's so many ways to improve an animated movie because it takes so long. Yeah. Well, I mean, that how this got here is a very strange story that it, it was going to be an adaptation of World Doll thing. And John Cleese was working on that with a couple other writers. And then it, it was going to be at Aardman. And then they ended up doing Early Man based on some of the stuff they were coming up with. <laughs> and, and then this, you know, ended up at DreamWorks is the Croods is di different. So that's already weird. But I mean, story-wise, it's Ice Age meets Hotel Transylvania. Mm. This literally the, the story is very similar to Hotel Transylvania and that there's an overprotective dad, his teenage daughter, who has met someone who is different and an outsider and he doesn't like change. 
See, that's your basic structure right there. I know. I just, I, I like there loved a Hotel Transylvania because I love monsters, but underneath it, it's like a very, very formulaic story, but it's got yeah. monster gags. I don't give a fuck about cavemen. They made perfect caveman movie with Ringo Starr back in the 80s. I don't know. Like, I, no interest. Yeah. Where's Raquel Welch, R.I.P.? Mm -hmm. oh, damn, Ugh. I forgot about that. But yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It, you know, when she was like so super hot and everyone was freaking out about how hot she was in the 60s, she was already a mother of two. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a hot mom bod, everybody. Body has no anyway, excuse. Anyway, I have zero excuses. My God. She was amazing. Anyway, the Croots. It, it, it was fine. Like, I, my, my expectations were really low. I really thought that this is going to just, I don't know farting and falling down <laughs> and i was like oh again you know that basic plot of like protective dad all right but the outsider in this case is someone who's closer to homo sapiens than neanderthal and he's smarter but not that smart and you know they they gotta find somewhere else to stay because staying in caves isn't great and fire is scary and lava is bad Man, it's just... and there's cute animal gags Love an animal gag. Yeah, it's fine. My God. And just, yeah. It, it, it Disney does this too, but like every single DreamWorks movies that comes out, they tend to treat like a franchise. We've already started working on the TV series. And yep. this just seems like a lighter, a, a, a weird, oddly lighter approach to that. Like the sequel was, Jesus, like seven years away. Like, uh, there's only been yeah. two. There's only there's only been two TV series. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Jr. Any the kids have any love for this? I didn't see it. Didn't have time. But the, the, okay, yeah. so like it just, but not throughout like the last ten years. Kids, kids... have never seen this. Uh, I've never seen it. I I have no new information. The cruise. <laughs> Good. I need you for the next segment as we move into TV of 2013, March 17th, the 23rd. Uh, I have not seen a frame of this show, despite drinking on their dime at several Comic-Con parties. Bates Motel debuts on A&E. I'm going to bat for this. Uh, my wife and I have watched four episodes this week, which for extremely busy parents with kids is like binging two seasons for you normals. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it draws you in. Um, the characters are really well done. It's set in the modern age, there, but there's just enough reason for things to look like they did in the 1960s. It's been abandoned. So we should we should say furniture. Bates Motel is a prequel, modernized prequel series to Psycho. Modernized prequel because yeah, right. they all have cell phones. So unless they're all time traveling at some point, uh, and I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be like I hate the idea of. Just draining a perfect thing, Psycho being the perfect thing. But as we discovered, Psycho Two is dope. <laughs> Some yeah, of the other are. Psycho. So I, I probably yeah, should have given Psycho this... Two is <laughs> Psycho Two is coming up on Classic Corner. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it because I am a goddamn expert on Psycho One. I wrote a gigantic paper about it in film class. I read several books just about the making of Psycho. I am a freaking expert and. That's kind of what scared me away from this. Of sort of like, Psycho Four kind of did a prequel origin thing, mm -hmm. and that's one of the better parts of that movie. It's probably the only good part of that movie, also because young Norman Bates is played by Henry Thomas from ET, and I think wow. that's wow, brilliant. Wow! But, Holy shit, that's good casting. Yeah. So I was 
I was a little worried, like, they're just, it's just going to be too different. Is you know, it's in Oregon instead of California. It's modern times. I don't know. And reading up about it all week now, I'm like, I'm an asshole. I should have been watching this. This sounds really, what's the really setup interesting. So the Norman. setup is uh, Norman's mother is named Norma. And uh, but she exists. She exists. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's he's, you know, he's 16 or 17. Uh, his father dies in a accident, mm-hmm. and they use the money to buy a Bates Motel Smart. at that time. Smart. They changed the name uh, to the Bates Motel. When they arrive, the spoiler for the very first episode, uh, Norma is sexually assaulted. Uh, Norman comes in, knocks the guy unconscious. Norma then kills the guy when he's really not a threat to her and at that point they start hiding the bodies and uh they have this really weird relationship with each other i mean Mm -hmm. the sexual tension is so strong that i half (laughs) expect them to vacation at jocasta resorts um (laughs) classic joke (laughs) yeah Uh, I got it. I yeah, <laughs> and it's they, God damn it. <laughs> All right, they thread the line perfectly because it's not so creepy that you're just instantly turning it off, but you can totally see how incredibly unhealthy this relationship is. Mm. So, mm. four episodes in, I want to watch it, and for the indefinite future, it is pulling me in. I think it's the perfect modernization of Psycho. I cannot imagine the modernizing Psycho better than this. So if you have any interest in Psycho, I would say give the first two episodes a shot. If those don't pull you in, you're not going to get pulled in, but it pulled me in. Streaming on Peacock. And yeah, it's to me, sounds like one of the more perfect shows to do that with. It's over. It's not an astronomical amount of seasons. Every season is 10 episodes, five seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks like the the thing I heard the most, and I almost dropped into the series on the last season because I heard basically this is what it's been leading to. It's been leading to Psycho. That, and yeah. everyone freaked out because Rihanna was cast as the Janet Lee part. Wow. Ooh. And then they, then they did things that were not the same. And everyone went, wait, what? And it's like, of course it's not the same. It's a fucking TV show. It's, yeah, it's now. Why just... would you want to watch what was like a 90-minute movie turned into a 10-hour thing? No, they're going to do something different. That was going to be my question. Is uh, like Better Call Saul, like he's going to become Saul Goodman soon? Eh, last two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Sort of. It, it was more interesting than that. But yeah, yeah, they, they have to eventually get to Psycho. But yeah, now I'm more curious than ever, especially after hearing Jr. And your wife digging it, like that's that's yep. My strange. wife loved it too. Yeah, I heard yeah. it got great reviews, but I think like, you know, I can be a bit of a f- film snob occasionally, and I turn my nose up at the very idea and never really open myself up to it. See, I just feel like TV has gotten so high quality, mm-hmm. and it goes in such different ways that I'm, I'm not as scared of TV adaptions as I would have been, you know. In the 1980s, there's that, and just, but just like the world I was living in, my peers weren't talking about it. Twitter wasn't talking about it, and it for prestige television, 
I can't think of anything I've ever watched on A. A and E scared me off. Like what the fuck? A and E. Mad Men. A, that's AMC. No, that's AMC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, A and E, oh. like the arts entertainment, like the the channel I only knew from doing Gene Simmons reality shows and running horribly sanitized versions of The Sopranos. And, <laughs> and oh, they were bad at it. Oh, watching Sopranos that way was so painful. They had to make every episode like an hour and ten minutes to squeeze in commercials and then edit out all the yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of turning movies into television shows, Splash debuts on ABC, and uh, this is a reality diving competition. Oh. It is not. <laughs> oh, I did no research. Look at me. Yes. And, <laughs> It has no relation whatsoever to the uh, uh, movie. Yeah. But, uh, and also this, speaking of DreamWorks franchising, Monsters vs. Aliens debuts on Nickelodeon. Didn't greenlight a sequel, but it got a television show. Uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. Never saw it because I did not have Nickelodeon around this point. No. I like the movie so much. Oh, do you do? Yeah, no, Monsters vs. Aliens. Again, like Hotel Transylvania, if you like classic film monsters, mm. Monsters vs. Aliens really gets into some B-movie silliness, um, including making fun of a particular part of San Francisco, which I was like, who is this joke for? <laughs> Whereas, like, they have a giant battle in San Francisco, and there's a point where one of them yells, like, okay, well, you got to go that way to get the monster, but don't go to the tenderloin. It can get dicey. I just, I just wish all animated characters were voiced, voiced by Seth Rogen. If only that could happen. Yeah. Uh, oh, Monsters vs. Aliens, the movie. I, was, I would love to. I, I, my interest was piqued with a small but wonderful gag in the Rescue Rangers movie um, mm. about what I just talked about. I can't even ruin it. It's too good. 2003, video games, March 17th through the 23rd. Uh, Lego City Undercover. I think both, uh, one of the one of the more ambitious Lego projects uh, ever, like no IP attached, but a big open world game. And it was very well received. I think this is really the spiritual uh, predecessor to the Lego movies. This has a lot more of the Lego movie humor mm. than any of the mm. previous Lego games. It goes for an open world feel. And yeah, these are all original characters. It's basically, you know, Lego GTA for kids, yeah. and it succeeds brilliantly at that. And and was I believe for a very long time is like the highest rated Wii U exclusive until it eventually hit other platforms. But it was like, really, this is your system seller, the, the PG GTA. Uh, but yeah, I, I never got around to playing it. But I was astounded by how well it performed, and I think how it ended up informing because I hated Lego games, and then that Lego Star Wars game from last year was goddamn stellar. It was so good. Uh, Jr. You sort of inspired a a, a video game apocalypse episode last week because I just saw you put God of War Ascension in the dock and like I covered the shit of that game for years and forgot it ever happened, and that inspired <laughs> Michael to come up with a list of five forgotten forequels. Nice. Uh, the fourth, the fourth game, you know, because a lot of games are. I speculated it might be due to contractually. You know, you make a trilogy and then you move forward some way. We don't want to continue with that story. We'll tell a prequel. Gears of War Judgment made the li Michael's list of forgotten forequels. That is out uh, 10 years ago this week. The fourth Gears of War game, after wrapping up the story with Gears 3, uh, you go backwards and 
I don't know, Baird. I, I never touched it, and I love the Gears series. I played every other one but this. Um, uh, we also have, oh, wow, The Walking Dead Survival Instinct on PS3, Xbox 360, PC, and Wii U. Um, this is, is this the Activision game? Like, right? Yeah, this is the garbage game that yeah. everyone hates. Ten this years ago, the, one... <laughs> the Walking Dead's star could not have been brighter, especially in video games. It's pioneering a new thing in the Telltale games, and here's a Walking Dead game, but it's actually a first-person shooter. Who oh boy. Yeah, it, they they did it on the cheap. They did it rushed. They did every mistake you can make, and they you know forgot that. What, what do you like to do in video games? Have fun. They forgot <laughs> that part. Oh, oh my God. Um, and it's ugly as piss. <laughs> it's oh. just ugly, but more based on the television show in the uh, Telltale games. And uh, yeah, f- finally, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. I, th- I think this is a, one of the games I'm in the credits of uh, for Wii U and 3DS. And <laughs> basically where I discovered my love for Monster Hunter working on it, uh, it's definitely, a, I don't even know how many retreads there had been. There had been Monster Hunter Try on Wii. This No, 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 this is Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Japan got a bunch of other Monster Hunter 3s, and we tend to get the second version, the Monster Hunter... Plus, and that's what so Monster. What did you do on this game? Oh, I don't. I didn't work on any development of Monster Hunter, but I just like what I what the most fun I had, and I always volunteered for it. Monster Hunter fans are the coolest, nice. Like I play. I, what's one of the things that I don't like about multiplayer is assholes online. <laughs> Monster <laughs> Hunter is all about fighting together. Every you share lives, you share resources. It's in your best interest to make sure everyone succeeds and is doing okay. And meeting. I would go travel all over the country learning, having so much fun with Monster Hunter. It's just hard. To, it was at the time kind of, it was a long legacy series with a huge fan base in Japan. And it's really hard to get into without someone sitting you down. And so a lot of the stuff we worked on was trying to get weight American fans into this kind of dense experience. And, uh, and it, I think it sort of worked because Monster Hunter World everyone seemed to finally catch on and became a huge bestseller in America in addition to here. Uh, but it, it was big for Nintendo, and I don't know of any other 3DS games that did this. It came out simultaneously on Wii U and 3DS, and through a really stupid process involving an app on the Wii U, you could transfer your save data over from the 3DS to the uh, Wii U. So I would play at home on my Wii U, transfer it over my 3DS and play on like the multiple hours I'd spend on trains getting to work my same save file. It was amazing. I wish more that experience, the switch now makes that experience one and the same, but that was something that like never really existed in any better way than monster Hunter three ultimate. And it's such a cool and gorgeous game. Um, difficult to describe, but listen to video game Fox. If you want to hear me talk more monster, Hunter. I love it, love it. And this is my gateway to all things monster hunter, which I've now played, I would easily say a thousand hours of Monster Hunter um, since then. More or less than Lydia Tar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love the comparison. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, though. A great time. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, we're going to tell you real quick who died and do a little quiz you can play along with about uh, who was born during this week of 30, 2010. But this is where I tell you to donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. Bunch of free stuff. Always new stuff coming. Hundreds of episodes. Help support the show. My goddamn... Headphone cord is 
breaking and I'm probably gonna have to buy it. Yeah, you help out with stuff like that, you know? It does it does help. Dollar here, dollar there. Price of a cup of coffee can help us out uh, for a month. So consider it. Uh, we'll give you extra stuff in return. Uh, Video Game Apocalypse, I just plugged that. That's out every Friday. Video Game Show with me and Mr. Diana Goodman, um, Michael Raparez, and Maddie Allen. Uh, this week, lots of talk about invisibility. Yes. And the Resident Evil <laughs> demo. How about that? Di, where, where can folks find you at? They can find me on the Twitter at listeninerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast. That's 302010podcast. Coming up next week, we got some more quality bad movies. Mm. We've got uh, the sequel to the Pew Pew game, the boys, <laughs> the, the Pew Pew toys. <laughs> The guys like to play with when they're little, and what? then they spend a whole bunch of money making a goddamn oh. GI Joe movie. <laughs> well, Yuck. there's a sequel, and we're gonna talk about it. Yuck. We also have a incredibly silly disaster movie about um, building a ship made of unobtainium and drilling to the center of the earth. Oh, Chris Rock is going to become president. <laughs> and unfortunately we're going to talk about Wait a minute, probably a black president <laughs> i know right in 2003 Whoa. Wow. and then unfortunately we are going to talk about probably the most tragic onset death of all time wow yeah i can't believe it's been 30 years he didn't even make it to 30 and it's been 30 years Ugh. and yeah. uh also, we'll be talking about uh, the end of the Child Doctor TV show. Oh, oh no. Actually, I remember how that ends. Oh, I so do, do too. Doogie gets late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the most depressing episode of How I Met Your Mother. Mm. Oh, no. I think and I know what Chris, you there's a new Zelda game, but more like Zelda. Am oh. I right? Oh, never. Boycott. Pre-order canceled. <laughs> <laughs> pre-order canceled it's too woke i say and other such criticisms for something i know nothing about um uh, and <laughs> well with that out of the way die who died during this period of oh, t3 golly well in 1993 we lost helen hayes who was 92 she was the first woman of american theater she was born in 1900 wow and she was the first actor to win an egot wow all right by which i mean she won an oscar in 1932 a Tony in 1947, an Emmy in 1953, where there barely were Emmys, and a Grammy in 1977. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump ahead to the birthday quiz. Our huh. birthday quiz is an EGOT winner. <gasps> oh, okay. Ooh. I got to close that. I got to close that Wikipedia page then. Okay. <laughs> That's cheating. Damn it. Although I, I do know a lot of EGOT winners, but. I know two. Then, uh, so, so it was 1993. Uh, in 2013, we lost. Harry Reams, the porn star ah. of Deep Throat and Devil and Miss Jones. I mean, he artist. he went to, he went to jail for his art though. He was an artist he, with a dick, man. He was he was he, amazing. He realized, yeah, he he literally <laughs> went to jail and was tried on obscenity charges. You know, he put his money where his mouth is, so they say. Wow, can you imagine I having hate... a famous cock in prison? Oh God, not gay or I mean, nothing, but let me see. Everybody it, would just want to see it. Yeah, yeah. let me touch it. Just, oh, let me God. take a picture. Let me take a selfie with it. <laughs> and, Jesus. Um, and i hate say, talking about a porn actor right before i talk about one of the greatest writers of the 20th century but in 2013 we lost chinua achebe uh, the nigerian novelist he was 82 um he kind of set the standard for man that first book you knock it out of the park he wrote things fall apart which is 
an incredible book and then you realize that's his first fucking book this is why i'm never going to bother finishing writing a book because mm. unless your first movie is citizen kane why even bother what what God. the fuck man now i really need to finish my novel about aliens invading and it turns out they were humans all along oh wow <laughs> oh uh, uh, all right. With yeah. It's time for the birthday quiz. Birthday is a doodle. Turning 75. 75. And an EGOT winner. Okay. And an EGOT winner. Mm. Born March 22nd, 1948. Rita Marino. He won. Oh. She's older than that. Damn it. He won <laughs> a Primetime Emmy Award, three Grammy Awards, an Academy Award, and six Tony Awards. Whoa, Whoa, that's a lot of Tony Awards. He is tied with Paul McCartney for being the richest musician in all of history. Elton with John. both of them, nope, both of them having a net worth over one point two billion. Jesus. Wow! And we can't guess it. Holy fuck! Um, okay. He wrote it's his a he. first. It is a he. Okay. He wrote his first suite of six pieces at the age of nine. Danny Elfman. No. Holy shit. Married three times, has five cur- five children. Oh. oh. Knighted. No, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Rand- Randy Newman, but no. no. Knighted by knight. Queen Elizabeth II in 1992 and made a life peer in the House of Lords in 1997, taking the title of Baron blank. Oh, okay. So it's a Brit too. Oh, um, how can I, how can we wait, not get this? Wait, he... uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Wow. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. Films of his, we have talked about, uh, include the 1998 version of cats, the 1999 version of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Jesus Christ, Superstore 2000 and by Jeeves in 2001. I love wow. that search engine. I he feels like he should be older because I've yeah he's been so popular for forty goddamn years. He started writing a suite at the age of nine. God damn it, that's like Mozart level impressive. That's insane. What? I had no idea that he was that much of a prodigy, but I guess it makes sense now. He, he's, yep. he's like the Stephen King of musicals. He just keeps them coming. <laughs> he does. I mean, hey, he damn. he can still fill a theater wow. to this day mm-hmm. one i was confused where did the emmy come from jesus christ superstar live from 2018 hey, yeah um yeah which i'm not sure he lifted a finger on. Mm. <laughs> uh anyway yeah anyway good for andrew lloyd weber um All right. currently well, working on bad cinderella <laughs> are we still okay. is that part of the bad franchise bad mom <laughs> bad teacher uh <laughs> Sweet. Uh, well, thank you very much for listening. Patreon.com slash time. What's taking us out this week, Dime? Well, I was going to say I Feel You by Depeche Mode because we had two different Depeche Mode songs in there or albums. But does anyone have like a favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber song? But... I mean, like there's a couple from Superstar that I like, but I'm actually not a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> did, <laughs> did he do Umbrella? That's what we're um, No. <laughs> no, I don't know. I All like right. Phantom. Let's do Depeche Mode. All right. This is a pretty fucking good song, too. So, I Feel You by Depeche Mode will take us out. Patreon.com slash laser time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You take me there. You take me there. The kingdom comes.
This is the morning of 